guys and girls, and welcome back to the F Reality Podcast. This is episode 186 and forms the first episode of the F Reality Podcast 2.0. I'm back with my favorite gamboos talking about all the new and exciting news from the world of virtual reality. This is probably going to be a long episode, so apologies in advance. But strap yourself in, grab a nice drink, and get comfy, as this week we're going to be talking about Medal of Honor Above and Beyond coming natively to the Oculus Quest 2. Information has been discovered about an upcoming headset from Valve, codenamed Deckard. We explain how you can attend the Tokyo Game Show in virtual reality. And HTC have been teasing a new hardware reveal for an upcoming event. To round up the show, Zim has got to uh, share some pics of VR games and experiences coming out next week, so stay tuned for that. But now, let me introduce you to the team. And as it's our first show back after being away for about six months, we're going to share a highlight of ours from the last six months whilst we've been away. Also, let us know what you've been playing in the chat so we can read out some of your highlights too. First up, something you might not know about this guy is that he's a master pig milker in VR. <laughs> it's the exceptionally creamy VR streamer, ZimTalk5. How you doing, man? <laughs> I'm glad to be back. I feel like um, I know what it's like to be the Terminator now, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's good. Uh, melted in lava for a bit, uh, reformed myself and recasted. And we're back with a, a very sparkly, fresh coat of paint. Hope you guys like the new design. Mm. Uh, most of this is, is is thanks to the ideation of the team and then uh, Nathie's crafty hands on getting these templates and stuff together. And oh man, it's great. I'm so I love I love this part. If you're on the audio, not so much has changed there. Uh, but yeah. I'm just I'm just very glad to be back. I mean, this is um, uh, this is this is fantastic. As I was saying yesterday, as we were uh, playing some golf together live, um, you know being together like being with our community with you guys in chat those of you who now are listening in their car on the way to work or whatever or when you're doing the dishes or laundry or whatever um you know we, we've missed you as much as if you you've missed us so it's just you can, you can hear i'm already getting a little bit emotional about this whole thing <laughs> big reunion you know for us so yeah happy to be back with the boys and uh it's good to be crewed up again yeah, yeah. no absolutely it, it, it's it's been really nice and i'll get on uh to a bit of, of why we left and and are coming back and i'll explain that shortly but um but what about uh your highlight for the last six months uh anything you want to share that you've been like sort of delving into i know you've been spending a lot of time in one particular game that's for sure <laughs> yeah he's talking about my summer in skyrim where i decided that podcast was off it was my time to go free reign um the game i'm going to highlight is an indie game that uh, I've, I've, I've just gone across and um, the, the teaser for what I'm about to say is if anyone knows this game that was 20 years ago, there's a game called, let me run a trailer for it as well, um, Kuru Kuru Kururin. Have you guys ever heard of that? Have you heard of <laughs> Kuru Kuru Kururin? I'm super intrigued like where this is title. going. <laughs> it, it's, it's basically you have a stick that's rotating. This was a Game Boy Advance game released June 2001. Um, and being in Europe at that time, I actually was able to get this game. And so you basically rotate this little stick. Um, and, it, and it's just, it's, it's a game that I really liked at the time. It was also maniacally frustrating because you would try to get that little stick without touching the walls, you know, <laughs> through this kind of corridor, all a 2D game, right? How do you turn this into a 3D game? Well, that has been answered by a game called Squingle. Uh, Squingle mm. is... Absolutely. The best thing I can describe it as is a digestion simulator. 
So why, why would I say that? Because basically you've got these two colored orbs. I like to think of them as the medicine. And you just help Mr. or Mrs. whoever's intestine you're inside swallow these pills. They're rotating at the time. You have to go through all these traps and, and kind of things. It is absolutely gorgeous in VR. It's wonderful. And it actually does it does this like great portrayal in um in 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 in, in VR. And it's a little bit frustrating as well, but it's like the right level of difficulty. You can get it, um there's there's like demos on Steam and on App Lab. You can buy it in both places. Go check this out. I mean, Squingle is just so much fun. Or for, also, for I, one I kinda, moment, go on, go sorry, on. Like for, for one moment, I thought you were going to tell us that you could play that that you know first first game with four backs <laughs> or something. Yeah, like Nintendo oh, Game Boy. Oh, 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 you can play it in four backs now. Yeah, no, <laughs> um, no, thank God. But one thing I saw from the community, um, I think it was today actually, talking about Squingle was uh, Tuge VR. He did like a mixed reality uh, video using oh. um, uh, that game, Squingle, and it looked incredible. Yeah. So hats off to Tuge VR. Cool. And if you want to go and check out some epic mixed reality, go and check out uh, him on Twitter. Yeah, um, I'm gonna. I, I actually queued that up to show people and. It's uh, it's pronounced toge. Uh, it's a t- it's a form of racing. I, I've pronounced it tuge for for uh, the longest time as well. Okay. Uh, but I know. Wow. So he in particular, like in his bios and stuff, like calls it out. But yeah, toge is that kind of drift racing uh, that was popularized uh, back with some kind of like anime cartoons. It's a very Japanese culture thing to do down downhill or uphill racing. Uh, it's pretty neat. But yeah, in mixed reality, it looks wow. really cool. And yeah. so I just thought I'd kind of show that to you there. Nice, there you go. nice. That was it. Very so next cool. up, this uh, mad lad is the founder of the world's largest rock painting channel on YouTube. Uh, it's, of course, <laughs> Nathy Rocks. <laughs> you do it. Yeah, baby. I love rocks. It's my favorite yeah. new hobby. Now, like Mike, Mike is, Mike is, you know, hinting back to, uh, you know, the update video we did um, yeah. where we, you know, talked about us taking a break. But yes, I was into rock painting for a while to just, you know, stress relief in these mm. dark times. You know, painting rocks and then hiding them at random places and then hiding in the bushes and then see if someone would pick it up and be like, hey, this is a weird, <laughs> it's a weird looking rock, bro. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, no, but uh, it, it's great to be back. You know, um, I'm so happy that we're live again. It's It's been a long time. There have been so many moments where I was like, can we just not go live this week, please? Mm-hmm. And they were like, hmm, no, let's just, you know, work on the podcast a little bit more behind the scenes, you know, and do our stuff um but yeah it's it, it feels weird it feels weird it's like i'm almost like at a new podcast or something now it, 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 you, you get that, that that excitement and kind of like nervous feeling again um you know because when you do it so often you kind of you lose that a little bit yeah but, um yeah. certainly yeah. coming back this time around it does feel that way the sort of the nerves and anxiety <laughs> yeah. and excitement are all there so that that's that's really great um <laughs> but what about your uh, your sort of highlight uh, experience over the last six months anything you want to share with us yeah, so I, I think what has been the most interesting of the last six months within the VR scene has definitely been Space Pirate uh, Arena or Space Pirate Trainer DX. Um, yes. But uh, in, in particularly the, the Space Pirate Arena uh, game mode in where you can turn, you know, a basketball court or a tennis court into one big laser tag arena um, and... and like seeing that launch on the quest was like a blast because it, you know, reinvents uh, VR in such a unique and like cool way, but also brings back room skill. I feel like we we have been so used to uh, standing experiences that this kind of, you know, lets you 
um, explore this now. And there have been so many people who never really, you know, um, left their little play spaces. But when you then go to a tennis court or a basketball court and you play this, it's fantastic. So you, you basically play 1v1 in different themed arenas. So in, in a warehouse, for example, an industrial warehouse. And you can just run around. You can duck behind stuff. Um, you can even make your own levels if you want to. Mm. Um, and the best part is if you own Space Pirate, um, you don't have to pay for it. It's completely free. It's unbelievable. And also the trailer they threw out, I think it's one of the best trailers I've seen in a long, long time. So yeah, iIllusions is is doing God's work and they made, let's say 2021, a little bit more exciting, you know? So yeah. yeah. I, I totally... Great life. I, I, I was just going to say, I totally agree. Um, you know, it was one of my highlights as well, but I've got something else I want to share. But um, like, I don't know if you, you know, if you follow me on social media, you'll know that I had my appendix out, um, had to get rushed to the emergency room one random Friday evening and had my appendix Poor out man. that weekend. Yeah, it was crazy, crazy experience. But um, Space Pirate Arena was basically launching like, you know, just a week after that. And I was just like, Do you know what? I don't care. <laughs> I'm going to load myself up with painkillers. <laughs> I'm going to go and try this because I've been waiting for this all year. And it was just such an amazing experience in in this kind of like tennis court that I hired. Um, but what was so heartbreaking to see was that, that a lot of the community just didn't understand what it was because they yeah. weren't around in the days that we were at Oculus Connect, um, you know, five trying out arena scale VR, you know, with the dead and buried yeah. arena experience and and, and and sort of praising it and, and talking about how amazing that experience was. Um, and they were kind of review bombing the game and it just kind of really like, it it killed me a little bit, you know, and it, the, to see that that yeah. uh, response from the it's, community. It's, it's kind of like think, it's it's its biggest limitation is also its greatest strength, right? You know, the the fact that you yeah. that you need yeah. so much space is yeah. also exactly what mm -hmm. makes it so awesome. Yeah. Yeah, 10, 10 meter by 10 meter square play space is what you need. But like Nathie said, if you go out and hunt that space, you're rewarded with such an incredible experience. Um, yeah, so hats off to the Space Pirate trainer I, team. I, Amazing. I, I, I found it to be such like, and, and it really did take me back to like proper room scale. It took me back to when Vive was first dropping and you're like, oh, this is room scale. And then you got your first taste of it and whatever game you you experienced it and you realized like, Holy shit, we're we're at we're at holodeck level now. Like we've mm. this is upgraded. We're not sitting down. We don't have a controller in our hands. Like this is this is now proper virtual reality. And I feel like <clears throat> something Denny said on the show a while back, Denny Younger, uh, was that you know we, game developers have had to kind of take a step back. People have stuck to analog sticks, and this is why I love when the iIllusions team kind of held their ground after release and basically said, no, we're not we're not giving you artificial locomotion. The whole point. Mm is that you're running around with your feckin' legs. Use yeah. your legs. And, I mean, I got so I got so lucky. I got lucked out so much. I mean, my yard is big enough that I can run around. And now, I'll be honest, I've tested that, and I played that loads. And then I went and I booked different courts. I've tried a couple of different, like, um, half a basketball court, in my opinion, is the perfect space because yeah. you have enough boundary around you to kind of have your bags to the side or, or spectators or whatever, uh, and then just get on with a proper game and be able to really, really go at it. Yeah. And... That's a game that you might like when you first when I first tried it, I was like, why didn't they do four player? Um, and then when you go one versus one, like proper full on, yeah. you realize that there's no way four player would work. You know, when you're going yeah, legging it around the court and sliding and all this kind of crazy stuff. But if you haven't tried it, find a, it's like original virtual reality. You had to find somebody who had it. Yeah. Find the setup. Do this. Do this. Do it. Go get it. You know, play spa. Yeah.
Yeah, totally. A hundred percent. Yeah. It's worth the investment of time and effort, put it that way. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that is Space Pirate Trainer DX. Um, so next up, this guy is my Gambu and wants nothing more than to be in the squid game itself in virtual <laughs> reality. But be careful because he doesn't play well with others. It's the one and only Rowdy VR. How you doing? Yeah. How you doing, dude? I'm, I'm, I'm doing great. It's, it's the perfect game for me as well, since I don't like to play with others, you know, like uh, I think I think that that game like leans itself very well to it. Uh, and yeah, I've been, I've been great over the past uh, couple of months. Uh, uh, although although I've, I've kind of gone through like like my quarter life crisis, you know, it's kind of like your midlife crisis, except for you don't have any money to buy stuff. So I picked up things that I could afford. <laughs> Like, for example, I picked up gardening and I picked up some more cooking and I bought like inline skates and I've been like, you know, bruising my legs mostly. So that that's kind of what I've been doing in this past uh, past six months. It's not as bad as Nate, you know, I haven't painted any random rocks yet, but uh, you know, I'll, I'll get there at some point. At some point. But yeah, I've, I've, I've had like the mm-hmm. biggest like VR highlight that I've had recently. Um, was uh, when I had a, a friend of mine who actually never got to experience VR. And I know he's very much into space stuff. So he likes a, a lot of space uh, games and he is a gamer himself, but he doesn't really, he hasn't tried VR gaming before. Uh, so uh, I brought him over and, uh, you know, I hooked up the Oculus, uh, the Oculus Quest headset, the Oculus Quest 2. And uh, I, I got him through like the, you know, the initial things, like, you know, like first steps and like, you know, Beat Saber, you know, the, and he was like, oh man, this is amazing. And like, it's standalone. And I said, yeah, but we can also hook it up to a PC. And Ooh. he was like stunned by that. He was like, oh wait, so I can also, I can also play like PC games on this. Said, yeah, well, if they're PC VR games, you can. Mm. And I, I dropped him into Lone Echo, you know, since it's, it's coming out yeah. soon as well. So I wanted to get him oh. hyped about something. I knew he was into space games and stuff <laughs> like that. So... <laughs> I was like, let, let's just drop him in there. And he was like, like almost like I, I saw almost like tears running, you know, down from his, from my headset. But I told him not to cry because I didn't want him to screw up my headset. So <laughs> I pulled him out there really quickly again. <laughs> but yeah, that, that was a, that was an amazing experience, you know, to get people to try out VR for like the first time is always. Yeah, it's such a it's it's magical. Like, yeah, it's it's a magical mo- moment. Like uh, yeah. that was that was really amazing. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Nice. Uh, I also nice. Um, asked the chat like what they've been playing during sure. our absence uh, to oh, see yeah. what kind of things popped up, and I saw that uh, and Maru finally finished Lone Echo One. So I wanted to mm. personally congratulate him because he'll probably be fully <laughs> ready now for uh, Lone Echo Two uh, coming out. Uh, very excited about that one. Um, we have Johnny Wells who played Pavlov Shack. It's like it's like they all played the games that I've been suggesting and I've been playing for the past six months, which is uh, kind of awesome. <laughs> all they needed was a break, Rowdy. That was it. They just needed exactly, a exactly. break from the podcast. Yeah, I saw some something mentioned that I didn't know before. So that was from the mm-hmm. Nerd Talk Talkalypse podcast. The Nerd Talkalypse podcast. You said that the 1985 experience is a great highlight of mine. Do you, the, the 1985, 1985 oh, well, pixel, pixel, pixel ripped? Oh, that ah, probably that, would be pixel ripped. Yeah, is, which is, is probably, good. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's either it's either that. It's not the the other only other one that with like a date like that is 1970. Uh, the top down shooter. Um, what's it called? Midway. Return to Midway. Midway. 1972. Yeah. 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 And a, and a couple of others that I saw was uh, mm-hmm. I saw VR Buck just posting that he revisited Stormland. 
Uh, Endeavor nice. 1 played a Walkabout, the Game of Kings. That's also one that I actually don't know. Walkabout, the Game of... Ah, okay. <laughs> I get it now. That was the Game of Kings. I was like, what is the Game of Kings, man? I thought that was... Because I recently read a book called um, um, The Way of Kings. So I thought like, I love is you meaning the I love way, way of Kings? I love yeah, that experience. That's also yeah. a VR experience. Yeah, you're so right. You, it is, yeah. Good. You, you mispronounced No, but literally that. you had me there a moment as well. It's like Mighty Coconut have just gone and, and they've decided <laughs> to take up this whole Game of Thrones yeah. thing and they've gone. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's all yeah, stylized yeah. and yeah. cell shaded. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Go, he, he just clarified indeed. Golf, also known as the Game of Kings. <laughs> Uh, that makes right. more sense now. Right. Yeah, that makes well, yeah. that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Yeah. Apologies. Yeah, <laughs> nice, nice. By the way, if um, while we're talking about um, Squid Game, uh, you know, I sort of hinted at it a couple of times uh, during the intro there. If you've been watching it, it's an awesome yeah. show, by the way. Super <laughs> weird, but but really cool. Uh, if you want to play some of those deadly games in VR, well, you actually can now. Um, yeah. The Rec Room community have been super <laughs> hard at work again, and they've actually have their own version of the Squid Game yes. in Rec Room, uh, which <laughs> is of course completely free to play. Or, alternatively, you can sideload a version of the first Squid Game uh, from the series, which is Red Light, Green Light, uh, for the Oculus Quest, which is available through itch.io for free from wow. a developer called RJ from Soaring Rock Studio. And what I'll do mm -hmm. now, I'll drop the uh, the link to that in the chat so you can go and check it out. But that's completely free. Uh, and you can play oh, some Red Light, Green Light with your buds. That's what <laughs> RJ was doing, right? I, I love RJ's stuff. He's done a whole bunch of things in the past, actually. It's really good. He did that, um, that Go game a while back, the FPS on Go. Um, I'm trying to remember the name of it. But... Um, you know how popular that's become? Like my kids knew about Squid Game oh. and Roblox. It, yeah, There's it's, a it's Roblox sub game. <laughs> and the funny thing that we just discovered today, my wife was secretly watching it and I was secretly watching it. And like we have this rule where we have to watch shows together that we both want to watch. So, uh, I don't know, we've got our own personal in-house Squid Game going on down here. Yeah, it's great. Like, Rowdy was the one that put me onto it, um, and then I just couldn't stop watching yeah. it. Uh, it was great I, I, am, I am that sick, twisted individual of, of the show, right? You know? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's super weird, but, like, yeah, yeah it, it really paid off. I was super invested in it. Um, so, yeah, if you don't know who I am, my name is Mike, uh, host of the show. Uh, my highlight over the last six months was, of course, Space Pirate uh, Trainer DX as well. But the very close yeah. second for me uh, was I Expect You to Die 2, um, The Spy and the Liar from Shell Games. I thought uh, that game was ex exceptional. I thought it was like uh, beautifully crafted. Uh, if you're not aware of like I Expect You to Die, it's kind of like a puzzle uh, adventure uh, following a kind of spy, deceit and espionage story. Uh, it's, a really, it's a really great series. The first one's great. Second one's even better in my opinion. Um, and what I, what I find so uh, great about the game is the level design is so well thought out. And something that Shell Games shared when they were developing the original I Expect You to Die was that they would uh, build like fake sets when they were developing the game out of cardboard, sort of lay it all out because it's a seated game. You just have to kind of reach out from a seated position. So they would build these sets out of cardboard. So they knew that the interactions uh, felt right and they were in the right spot for when they were developing the game and i thought that was a really yeah. uh, great way of uh designing a game in vr was to kind of like you know basically lay it out in real life before they put it in the actual game i think um, they call that brown boxing if i'm not mistaken because it's it's basically used cardboard to kind of lay it all out genius but even some of the more in, like um uh, meticulously designed puzzles are brown boxed yeah. and you end up with this kind of really funny you know mock version of what then ends up being the game 
Yeah, mm. and it, it pays off because all the interactions with everything around you is just so natural and feels right. Um, also, by the way, the game has one of the best opening sequences of any VR game ever made with uh, an amazing soundtrack yeah. and also some incredible voice acting from uh, Will Wheaton as well. So yeah, that is uh, definitely one of my highlights uh, of the last six months. So if you haven't checked it out already, go and check out I Expect You, you to Die Too. You know what's the best part about this? Like people were very excited about this game, but this is a seated experience. Yeah. And nowadays yeah. people are always talking about, oh, but it's not standing. But this is like one of those moments where you're like, wait, you know, Seated is still, you know, a great way to play VR games too. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and sometimes it's just nice to sit down and relax and just soak up a game like that, you know? Well, yeah. secretly well, we everyone is yesterday. sitting down all the time when they play VR games, but it's just, you know, no Nathie, one tells. Nathie exposed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so not like I'm like 80% standing these days like I used to be the seated guy because all you could do was seated of course and I but I still remember running I expected to die the first one and the devs kind of shouting at me be like you got to sit down Zim yeah. sit the fuck down and I did but for this one sadly I, I tried to I tried to play it and um, I got stuck on the first level and I couldn't get past well, it I don't know it was either bugged or I'm, I'm probably just a muppet so, <laughs> yeah. so so Will Wheaton uh, from like he's playing Hagrid right in the uh, no? no, oh, that's no. not that's not the same. Uh... No, no, no. You're oh, getting okay. very confused. I'm confused. But, sorry. But the thing right, is with Zim is never mind. the thing is with Zim, he's like he's like the Duracell bunny. He's got energy for days. Like if you meet him in real life, like he'll just keep going. <laughs> he doesn't stop. So yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, so before we get into the news, I kind of want to uh, explain why we went on a break. Um, also, why it's taken us so long to return. I think it's an important thing to share with you guys so you, you understand what's going on and, you know, we, we sort of build this relationship and you kind of understand the situation we're in. Um, because ultimately, I think this, it well, it mostly comes down to me, um, if I'm completely honest. Uh, I, I was just completely burnt out. Um, you know, we had been super consistent with the show for about three years, uh, rarely missing an episode, um, you know, and, and doing that is, is so hard. And I, I don't think people appreciate how difficult being that consistent is. Um, yeah, and I, I just needed a break. Um, and the other thing was, was with the pandemic kind of slowing down, uh, and, and the world kind of opening up again, we certainly, I wanted to take more time away from VR and talking about VR and spend more time with the family. And, um, I vividly remember being on the last episode of the show and saying, you know, we're going to take some time out. It's going to be two weeks. Um, but I just knew deep down, like it was going to be longer than that. Like I knew I couldn't commit to that promise. Um, and it ultimately ended up being like six months away. And it's definitely something that, you know, I should have talked to these guys about more because I did kind of sp spring it on them that episode. Like for those, you know, the, the, they, <laughs> I, you know, we haven't really talked about this, but basically I told them that episode, like we need to take a break. And, you know, it ended up obviously being that th this long. But I think, you know, from from this point onward, if I feel that way again, uh, I think we're in a position now where we've discussed it internally that, you know, one of these guys can take the reins for a little bit and we won't, you know, cut you off and leave you high and dry for such a long time again. Um, and I also wanted to say that we've had such uh, amazing messages from 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 a lot of you saying, Constant. you know, that you, you really missed the show and uh, yeah. that you're hoping that we would return. And I just wanted to say, like, thank you so much for that, because it really kind of like motivates us to get our asses in gear and, you know, revamp the show and, and, and yeah. come back. Um, and the funny thing is we did meet up many times throughout the six months and we did end up talking about yeah. VR and the industry for hours and hours <laughs> and end. And, and ultimately we should have just gone live and they probably would have made great off the cuff 
unscripted shows, but... I've still got them, Mike. I, I recorded <laughs> those. <laughs> That's a little do you know. <laughs> there you go. But, you know, we're back now. We've got a fresh look. Uh, we've spent a lot of time uh, to improve the quality of the show with a brand new look for the live stream. Nathy Zim and Rowdy did a great job on that. And I think it looks super clean and super fresh. And I hope you all enjoy it too. Um, as we sort of start the ball rolling again with the show, we're going to be running it every two weeks initially and then ramp it back up to weekly shows in the future, depending on what's happening with the VR industry. Um, so yeah, just thank you and um, let us know what you think about the layout in the comments. If there's anything else we can do to improve the show, please let us know as we always yeah. appreciate feedback. Um, and the final thing I just want to mention is that we've accepted more sponsors for the show this time around. We were, we were very sort of... Um, hesitant about accepting more than one previously, but we've been blessed to have three incredible sponsors for this first four episodes. And the amazing thing is that these products and games um, are, are, are games and products that we love and we can easily endorse, honestly. Um, and we're so happy that they're on board uh, supporting the show. So thank you to them. And I'll obviously be revealing those sponsors throughout the show. Um, I also want to say about the sponsors that these aren't just to line our pockets, by the way. Um, the, all the money that we receive from these sponsors is going to be reinvested into the show for new equipment uh, to make it the best possible show we can for you all. So um, I just wanted to say I hope you understand and support our decision to do that. Uh, but of course, if you have feedback about that, it's totally welcome. And uh, yeah, thanks again for all your support. It's great to be back. Yeah, Good message. Sure. Yeah. 100%. Cool. Anything else you guys want to add about that? You happy? With um, I think I think it's probably. I mean, I went I went pretty low on the radar about this, um, but I mean, like you, Mike. I mean, I went through COVID myself with the family, and that was that wasn't like a, a particularly fun moment. So I think, although we we took the break, uh, and for those of you who are wondering about Canada and like, Zim, aren't you in Canada yet? Because I'm meant to be moving there. Um, thankfully, now the paperwork's been filed, and I'm waiting on the government to feedback. So all all going well. By the end of the year, I should be out of the UK. Uh, so fingers crossed for me, please, on that on that front. It's been a very long ordeal. It's actually been three years since I started this journey, uh, about a year now in the public eye. And um, anyway, glad we're back. Glad it's running smoothly and um, happy to have the sponsors behind us, too, because uh, it's nice to know you're loved yeah. <laughs> to some extent, right? Yeah. So it's yeah. it's. It's good, and, and as Mike said, like the new layout, like the work that we put in uh, over the last month to kind of get this show ready to, for game time again, uh, it feels great working together as a team. Mm. One of the things that I like the most uh, when we're not live is what these four guys together can do. Mm -hmm. uh, I really do think that our output, like the sum of the parts is more than, than them in individually, and uh, we'll continue to deliver for you guys. So uh, thumbs up and... Let's move on to the next subject then. Yeah, it's well said, make well me said. Cry, like. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I should probably say, like, you know, uh, before, before we get into the news, we should probably introduce our first sponsor then, right? Um, oh, yeah. That's so uh, the first sponsor of, uh, of this week's show is, is actually Synth Riders. They've been a sponsor of the show previously and uh, they wanted to come back and we welcome them back with open arms uh, because Synth Riders, it's an excellent music rhythm game from the team at Kluge Interactive. And it sets itself apart from other music rhythm games by encouraging players to get into the groove, really cut loose, dance, and ride the rails to a set list that caters for a range of music genres. Uh, they've just released their latest Muse music pack, including huge hits such as Uprising and Madness. And one of the songs, Starlight, even comes with a unique visual synth riders experience taking players on an interstellar journey. Um, so yeah, synth riders and the new music pack, uh, Muse music pack, is available now on Oculus Quest, PSVR, and PC VR headsets. A link to the Quest version is listed in the description down below. 
So thanks for that. Yeah, actually, I, I already tried this uh, this pack. Yeah. yeah, go on. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I'm a, I'm a Muse fan. I like Muse just in general. And the thing what I like about like synth writers, I mean, I, it's I, I understand the comparison between Beat Saber and synth writers, but in a way, I find Beat Sabers more like the drum kind of variant of it, while I find synth writers often like a mix between like guitar or vocals and drum. Because of the way that you you hit the nose, you have those like bends that you need to do and those slides, and I kind of like that a little bit better. Uh, for me, that is more like the the kind of thing that I like to do, and especially with, when they have like things like, for example, the Muse track, uh, because it's so it's it's so like you know, Muse is known for its guitar riffs and it's and it's packing drum and like it's it's very like airy vocals and that kind of stuff. So it, it suits it really well and. Uh, I mean, I'm not good at the game. I kind of suck at it, uh, but I suck at Beat Saber yes. as well. But um, I, I usually play them on hard level, and I find that like the perfect kind of mix to um, to get like you know like the, the music to get that flow of music, while not like I find the easy ones are a little bit too lacking in terms of like you know like hitting buttons and stuff like that. While the extreme and the and the I think there's a master level as well as five levels in total. That is like it's it's too much for me. I just I just can't even begin to to comprehend that stuff. Yeah, yeah. No, that's ha- insane. Has a great multiplayer mode as well. So yeah. yeah, the multiplayer has always been ex- excellent, and they were the first ones that I remember in the music rhythm game scene to have multiplayer and like a proper lobby where you can talk to each other. Mm. And then um, I know I, I checked this. I checked the experience out with my wife. I uh, managed to beat Rowdy's score on one of the Muse songs. I didn't even know. I just, at the end of it, I checked Screw my friends you. list. I'm like, oh, I beat Rowdy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, one of their famous old ones, the Uprising, I think, is the Uprising. song. Uh, good, uh, good that, song. One, that one is really good as well, especially like when they when they hit the solo. It's awesome. Yeah, the thing I like about it is when they. Um, so you do a lot of kind of like arm swinging in mm-hmm. this game, like almost like your hands are both on mini roller coasters and you're swinging them around. But yeah. when they do crossovers and cross back and that kind of thing, it just really. I, I don't know. There's something really nice about it. My wife was a big like Beat Saber fan. Um, exactly, she, she, her arms were hurting by the end of it. It was funny because she's been away from Beat Saber because we've got a very very little one and stuff. But we both checked it out, and it was like we both when we went through that experience, we both had a wow moment. Like th- there's a part in that experience, and you, you can't you you can't see it flat. It doesn't it doesn't doesn't come out at all. I I watched it like three four times. I was ready to run the trailer, all that kind of stuff. But then you go through it, and there's something about the scale of it that really kind of explodes in your face. Um, and it's like, oh my, like that's, that's all there. It's like, that's, that's a big thing. So if you, if you are a, a synth writers fan, uh, I would, I would definitely check out that experience. Yeah. 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 Great I, to I have really them on board. That one. Yeah. yeah. So now let's jump into the news then. Um, it's kind of funny because since we announced coming back on the show, the news and game releases have just like really ramped up out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. we've got Resident Evil 4 VR coming, uh, Lone Echo 2 coming, Unplugged, and of course the biggest, and I would say probably most surprising announcement recently is that uh, Medal of Honor Above and Beyond is coming mm-hmm. natively to the Oculus Quest 2. And I should be clear that it is only coming to the Oculus Quest 2. Uh, just like Resident Evil 4 VR, yeah. Medal of Honor sadly won't be coming uh, to the original Quest. Um, I think this is the first time we've started to see Quest 1 owners really being left out like this, right? Uh, there were a couple well, of games. There was also yeah, after, the very first. after the fall also had problems porting it over to Quest 1, so they were focused on Quest 2 first. So yeah, you can definitely see it's kind of being in decline already, you know? And I, I do think it's going to be harder and harder, especially for next year, to recommend a Quest 1, you know, yeah. to 
if you want to well, play the new stuff, now, at least well, you can't even. You now. haven't been able to buy them for such a long time. Well, so, that's true. Uh, but if you but, want to buy a secondhand one, I would yeah. say. Yeah, and I know that some know. people have been clinging onto their original quests, waiting for like a, a next generational jump rather than take the quest two. Uh, yeah. But obviously, we're going to have to wait a little longer to find out if that's actually going to be the case. But we're going to be talking more about our predictions around Facebook Connect and stuff like that um, in two weeks' time on our next episode. So stay tuned for that. Um, but obviously, I know that the Oculus and Respawn uh, were very keen to port Medal of Honor to the Quest back when it originally launched for PC VR headsets in December last year. But I think after the game released, we all thought that it was really <laughs> unlikely because the game... Uh, really struggled to run smoothly even on high-end PC hardware and it also needed uh, 180 gigabytes of storage on PC so I think we were all like how are they even going to make this possible on Quest you know yeah, um, yeah and then recently with Oculus they they ditched the 64 gigabyte model Quest 2 right and they've now got this 128 gigabyte model instead which is the same price by the way um, but maybe that was uh, a push because of games like this are getting so much bigger now that you know you could probably fit this game on 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 the original uh quest 2 64 gigabyte model because rumor yeah. is it's going to be 40 to 45 gigabytes but you're probably not going to be able to fit anything else um, <laughs> you, you need to play the four the first four missions then uninstall and download the next four missions and then you can well, <laughs> you know I, I i can give them a tip if they want to save up some space they only have to delete ollie because we found him very annoying overall. <laughs> so if they delete oh, this character, they're going to save a 40-gigabyte character. Poor, yeah, poor that's Ollie. what I'm saying. Good job done. Poor Ollie. Yeah. Um, and the Easter really egg, glad, is really the glad. Easter egg going to be in there, Rowdy? You know? Like the, the what is it again? The, the Gerbil. Oh, uh, oh, the Gerbil. Yeah, the Gerbil. <laughs> gerbil. <laughs> on the Quest. I want to see that. That's why I'm going to like play it on Quest to see the Gerbil. I'm just... I'm very yeah. happy for the devs uh, for this because, as you guys know, I'm a huge fan. It's still my number two all-time VR game. Um, so I love Medal of Honor. But I, I I really think that it, for a number of reasons, got, pardon my French, but heavily shat on after release. And to some extent, beyond what was deserved, is my opinion. And that's without my bias added that I liked the game. I just mean the production quality. Like, look at Sniper Elite. And then you compare it apples and oranges against uh, against Medal of Honor. I would say Medal of Honor is ten times the game that Sniper Elite is. Like, and just on the table, right? Stack them up next to each other. So if you want a game that's going to be really exciting, an action game, then this is great. The the one thing that, and again, I'll give tip my hat to Nathy on this one. I really do think that to deal with that capacity issue, which was one of the the first games major three faults and caused a lot of issues because the game was so enormous. You needed like 350 gigabytes to install it despite the base yeah. size. Um, if they were able to spin off the multiplayer as its own standalone and give us maybe PC VR cross, uh, cross play, mm. you, 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 people who've already invested their money in that, who already backed the game, would then be able to uh, play here. Yeah. You know, is the game going to be cross by? So I, can, I don't well, think that's been it announced is, yet. It is going to be cross-buy. Yeah. yeah. But it is not going to be cross-play. I know that, yeah. yeah. That's unfortunate, but I'm glad. So that means you bought it on PC, you're going to get it on your Quest, and then you can join into those awesome multiplayer levels. Caveat, though, if you bought it on Steam, you won't get it on Quest for free. If you oh. bought it on Oculus, you'll get it on Quest oh, for free. what a surprise. Um, but yeah, you're right. Oh. It, you won't have cross-play between PC VR and Quest, which is a real shame, I think, because the the, the PC VR oh. side uh, you know, is a ghost town, and it was a ghost town even a month after release. Uh, I remember GT oh. and I jumping in, and there was no one playing well, that game. Whereas I think well, 
on yeah, Quest, true. it will be a different story. I think uh, it will thrive mm. on Quest, that multiplayer well, anyway. They, Especially they because... Did, uh, they did patch out those uh, fig tree screens, so that's already about like yeah. 20 gigabytes less. So, you know, they're, <laughs> they're <Yeah>. getting there. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I was surprised by this because of the fact that, that Facebook has said that even that they wouldn't necessarily do much with PC VR anymore, they would still support it uh, in, in the future. But this is not supporting it. This is actually excluding it uh, from, you know, because mm-hmm. crossplay, it needs it. But I, I don't think anyone on PC has been playing the multiplayer for a very long time i feel like after a week launch no one was in there anymore well that's like i'm serious if you are going to play it on quest the multiplayer is going to be a lot more fun than the single player you're going to get way more play hours out of the multiplayer if that's your bag of tea of course but overall i do think it's finally going to shine people are now going to discover that this is a very high quality land party uh, in VR, that's what it is. So yeah, yeah let, let's just hope that it's uh, finally gonna, you know, live up to the hype. I just, I want it to run well. Um, I want it to run well. Yeah. I want people to recognize what's there. I hope they don't make any silly decisions like, you know, locking multiplayer behind. I, I don't expect the core game to change, right? And so the, the main game, you could hop into multiplayer straight away. Everything is unlocked. Yeah. The bomber modes and all that other kind of stuff, like we're just there. You didn't have to, like, like some VR games, VR devs will put multiplayer and unlock it after oh. you complete like I, X number of tutorials yeah, or missions. Yeah, and I think yeah. that's always a mistake because what happens if you reinstall the game? The whole point, right, of Medal of Honor, one of the main issues is why would you uninstall it? The space. It's the same thing as Asgard's Wrath. It's mm. so fucking big. It's just enormous. And people want to, you know, move yeah, on they, to the they, next they, game. They should make it optional where you can just download the multiplayer separate from it. I mean, yeah. same oh, with Call of Duty. So people, well. people don't necessarily yeah. play the single player anymore. Uh, oh, mm-hmm. and, and don't turn it into a part two, please. Thank you. <laughs> but like, you know, although I, I agree with Zim uh, in many aspects in that the uh, the mechanics in the game were, were fun um, and the and the action was pretty decent. Um, I think I think the, the criticism and the main issue for me was just the whole like um, the story and the tone of it. You know, it wasn't what I what I wanted and what they initially kind of promised in their mm. original trailers. And I think that mm. was the crushing blow for me. Um, yeah, yeah. The story was just all over the place. It felt it really cheesy. It, it, it had was like cheesy, very yeah. cheesy. cheesy. Very also, cheesy. That's, also, that's also kind of Medal of Honor, though, to have a bit of a cheesy story. Uh, for me, yeah, not, no, that cheesy. Uh, no, not, not that cheesy. Not that cheesy. completely true. No. no. Uh, yeah. Like, I, I think it I, is cartoony. The previous Medal of Honors have been kind of cartoony uh, to yeah, some extent. Yeah. But but this kind of cheesy element, I'll say, I'm, I'm the only one here probably allowed to say it because I'm American, <laughs> but it'll fit just fine with the American audience because generally we're okay with cheesy things. But when you come to Europe... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when you say this game was uh, like made and, and, and kind of designed in collaboration with veterans... Yeah. You can't, you can't yeah, do this. Like that's yeah, not, no, that's not okay. No. But I think like it, it had a like a funky pacing problem where it wanted to be like a few games in one. Some levels were amazing. Sometimes you you had a few levels that were really picking up, you know. And then moments it was like a strange mm. uh, title again where you were just more doing a wave based uh, thing. And I honestly think they like mid development they shifted focus to the quest, and that's why this PC version. Had a bit of a well, you know, a rough uh, launch. Yeah. I'm I'm almost sure about that because uh, they they never advertised Medal of Honor on PC 
they never really threw you know money at advertisement to mm. really make people buy it they kind of kept it like quiet and yeah. no one really knew it even came out so i think the quest is now I, you know they're yeah, the, the, the only ad that i saw which i really liked but came at i believe after launch remember there was that one with pop one that was like real life action yeah, first yeah, yeah, yeah. and they had the first scenes steps. which was star yeah. wars yeah, pop, was and then they yeah. had a medal of honor one yeah so i really liked that but like you i was asking the question of why didn't that preface the launch like mm -hmm. why didn't that come first um they were rather kind of like giving it an applause and i i think that applause was was originally designed that oh this medal of honor game is going to take off let's celebrate it and they'd already yeah. sunk the money in but mm -hmm. with how it how poorly it did on on pc reception it, to them it probably looked like a mistake at that point yeah yeah right? For me, yeah. like I, I just wanted something that was like Saving Private Ryan in VR, you know, that kind of gritty, oh. heartfelt story, you know, and, and because you have all these amazing stories from the veterans, like the real life stories that you unlock, which, and some of them are like so emotional, like you watch them and it, you, you struggle not to tear up yourself. Oh. It just yeah. it's just a shame that that, that realistic and, and heartfelt stories weren't transferred over to the main game. That that was just my biggest disappointment, but yeah. I do understand that, as well. That, that game's going to be made, though. That I, game is I, coming, I hope right? So. At some I point hope so. in VR's future, we're going to have a a horrifically detailed, you know, World War game because those games just keep coming back, just like zombies. You yeah. don't escape World yeah. War games. Yeah. And, and I, I do want to go back to a comment that Zim initially made, and I do respect that comment. And it was like, I don't want my great my games to be like so gritty and real that I get like PTSD. I want to have fun, and I, yeah. I, I do. I do. Uh, you know, think that that comment yeah. has has is valid. But yeah, I just wanted something they, a bit more. They just real. shouldn't have mixed it. They just shouldn't have mixed it. It's either you do like you know the fun cartoony kind of experience with the cheesy yeah. story. Yeah. Or you go the real gritty, you know, spec ups the line. You know, I don't know if anyone remembers that. Yeah, game. yeah, great game. That's yeah. a real yeah. great game, real gritty story, the horrors of war and that kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah. But mm. then ima imagine that you then have like you know cartoony videos next to that. It just it just doesn't fit. Yeah. Like uh, and, and yeah. Gerbils, Gerbils too. Yeah, and Gerbils. No, but I, I do say I do sandwich and then ice cream in the middle. You know, I, I just was gonna <laughs> add one thing. So Mike, I do love games that that sink me in terms of that way. <laughs> just not in the middle of COVID, right? Like that was a depressing okay, enough okay. period that I'm like, I don't want to sink further. Fair enough. You know, uh, but Fair I do, enough. I do think it's going to be well received on quest. I, I think this is so. like, this is, uh, you know, um, something that is just, it's just crazy to run on a standalone headset. Like, just think about it. You're going to be a first person character. You're going to be a first person character running, uh, you know, over the, over Ohama, like Omaha beach, you know, um, you're going to be in a plane, yeah. you're going to be in a tank, you're going to be you're gonna, like, they, they added like on, everything in it, right? On, on uh, quest. Exactly. On, on a and bike, motorbike. Is, uh, like the, the immediate uh, parallel thing. that I was drawing in my head was what's another kind of somewhat gritty game like saints and sinners, mm -hmm. but they made saints run on quest one. So with, with, you know, being able to cut that off and kick it down the road, sorry, quest one owners, um, I'm I'm really excited to see what that bar means for Medal of Honor's performance. Mm. Because almost all the other games that we've seen, even like Space Pirate Arena, for example, really recent launch, that runs on Quest One. Mm -hmm. how, how well does it run? It runs it runs pretty well. Mm -hmm. There's not much of a difference. Um but this one, even getting it running on yeah. on Quest at all yeah. is an enormous it's, it's impressive. I, I, I think I think uh, Facebook has created a problem that they didn't know about because the games are becoming bigger now and they launched a 128 gig but the thing is you can't also now exclude 64 gig owners so they have to be creative because yeah this is medal of honor 
but there's more coming, you know, there's also Assassin's Creed and Splinter Cell. And, and you could say like, yeah, if it barely fits on there, then they can pass. But come on, man, you also want to record something or make a screenshot or have two other games on it. You can't just oh. expect people to just run one game on it and that's it. So, yeah, I do hope they're going to be able to like shave up some gigs because, man, like 64 gig came out a year you, ago and now the games don't fit on it there. anymore, you know? About the about the about the recording at the same time because there's even more. I mean, you can see it multiplying now. The number of kind of VR creators. Think about that. So if there's a new headset launch around the corner, you know, think about your storage capacity because exactly at the point that Nathy's mentioning, it's this wonderful balance, this dichotomy of like games taking a lot of space, <laughs> and then uh, don't shortchange yourself on storage. That's, well, I mean, uh, like to be fair, we, we don't know what the size of the game is going to be. You know, we don't know what kind of things that they have. Gigabytes. We do. Yeah, they, they uh, commented. Oh, okay. Midterin yeah, from yeah. Oculus commented yeah. 40 to 45 gig. 40 to 45. They, uh, okay, what, I'm, yeah, yeah. what I'm saying is if they knew that these games would become this big, they would have launched an Oculus Quest 2 with 128 gigs and not 64. So I think yeah. this, these were like last minute changes of like, oh, wait. So the developers just told us, well, they're working on Medal of Honor that it's going to be this big. But we expected it to be five gigs. You know, so I'm sure they're like, oh, oh shit, we gotta, I, we gotta change this up. I think, the, I think, the, I think those two things happened circumstantially. Um, I, I, I don't think that they planned a an expansion in response to Medal of Honor launching. Um, but just general because, game size getting bigger, I think so. Because even a one two eight isn't very large when you consider the operating system. You're probably left with roughly 105 gig. 40, 45 gig is still a third of that space. That's enormous. It's mm. enormous for anybody, let alone the 64 gig people who get to pick the one game. <laughs> so we've got like a, a crazy super chat oh, fucking uh, from, hell. from Ken uh, Bosak. Uh, and I just kind of want to give some space for his questions. Uh, I want VR in-game assets as NFTs, bro bros. What do you think about NFTs being used in VR games? Thank you so much for the $100 super chat. That's crazy, NFTs. dude. Like, thank you so much. That's insane. Um, but yeah, yeah NFTs being used in games, especially VR mm -hmm. games, VR is kind of like one of, the, because it's such a cutting edge technology and so are NFTs and cryptocurrency, it's kind of like these two things tend to get like pushed a lot. Together. But I haven't actually yeah. seen a good example of where it's actually worked. Like worked. I know that yeah. a lot of people, whenever I get emails of people pitching VR and crypto together, I'm always like straight away <laughs> ignoring it. But, yeah, yeah. but I think well, there will be a point where the two converge. But Hang on, my brain just steps to one thing. Pop one skins being NFTs. like, And that's just toxic, and I don't want that. So what's a positive use case here of like an NFT? Is it like artwork on a wall, or what are we talking? Well, especially if you're, if you're decorating your own like Oculus room, for example, and you have your NFT uh, one-off hmm. baller you know, image on your wall, then I suppose that could be a well, use case. But I actually quite like the, the idea of like a game rewarding a player with a unique nft a bit like csgo did with like weapons and knives and stuff like mm, that that are quite rare yeah. it's kind of you could then sell them as a commodity in real yeah. life potentially it's 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 kind of similar to like what we see in those like those vr worlds you know those open worlds where they are selling land you know you see that popping up a lot as well where you know you can buy like a, a square of land and you can buy property on there and that kind of stuff that really 
isn't VR also constantly yeah. being pushed? But well, I, th- I think like those kind of applications we'll probably see appearing rather well, soon. Right now yeah. in, in Rec Room, people Rec Room. are yeah. using the Maker Pen. It's like a drawing you know, pen and you can make whatever you want. And you can decide to make something and then sell it to one person but you can also sell it to a hundred people. And there is already someone, these are like, you know, this is what I heard in Rec Room in the metaverse, is that someone is already making $10,000 on making things in Rec Room and selling them to people. And this can be furniture, costumes, uh, like a complete o- dorm room customization. Over what time period is that? 10,000 in a year? Uh, well, in a few months already, because this has been this has been you know yeah. launching. We talked about it not a yeah. year ago. Yeah, did, so, yeah. so yeah, this guy's yeah. basically become IKEA in rec room. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But that, that like that's so not necessarily brilliant. an NFT thing. Yeah. But yeah, someone can decide to just sell one off, and um, yeah, in rec room it's very successful, and it's totally free. So you can just jump in there, draw something, and sell it. Yeah. Easy peasy. Crazy. Wow. Yeah, like NFTs is something crazy though. Like when you think about it, because I, I've seen these some of these NFTs go for like millions of dollars, <laughs> but they're just essentially like, and I know you own own it, you own the rights to it, but anyone can copy it and replicate it as many times as they like. It's still yeah, like a JPEG it, essentially. I I, I, I know, but I still struggle to get my head around it. But I do think NFTs in games where, like I say, you can you know be rewarded with some you know rare or legendary loot, and then you can sell that on for mm-hmm. actual money. Uh, I, d- I do think it will become a but thing. You, but you can also buy the Mona Lisa and Ikea for like a couple of dollars and it'll, it'll look exactly yeah. the same. <laughs> yeah. That doesn't mean that you yeah, have the Mona Lisa But you don't Lisa own the hands. original, Rowdy. That's, that's, yeah, that's the, the baller the thing, is thing with, about it. With, with a painting, right? Uh, we're not just talking about a flat image. There's actually physicality. The people who actually take uh, an interest in art and paintings. I, I saw this the first time. I went to uh, a Salvador Dali exhibit in London. Oh, that's cool. And I walked up to a painting that I'd seen hundred times in school textbooks, online, that type of thing. And then when I saw the brush strokes on the painting and you felt like, oh my God, this is, you feel like you're touched by the artist. I know this yeah, sounds We're really not talking stupid, about brush strokes right? here. We're talking about like a JPEG. Digital. Yeah. No, digital no, what brush I'm strokes. saying is, so I, I'm agreeing with you, Mike. I'm saying that I'm similar in that I look at something that's a flat digital image yeah. that's only protected by a layer of what? Encryption? Yeah. At some stage, that's going to get broken. That's what happens with like encryption yeah. layers and stuff like that. Uh, is it possible? I don't know. Is it impossible by design? I don't know because that, that would just like the whole like blockchain and and, and cryptocurrency like, would collapse so, so, if that was the case. Yeah. It will. Like, back no, in will. Just no. wait. Plus, it's. Uh, it's Tell also, me when I'm 80, then I'm right. But it's also like when Go you buy, when you buy something, it's also about the feeling. Like there is some like fake Bioshock stuff out there, and I I owned that stuff. And then I bought the real thing. I was like, yeah, but this is the real thing. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, yeah, like yeah. All, that, all that F reality merch, right? Oh, God. <laughs> it's yeah, all that yeah, underground yeah, yeah. stuff. But yeah, the pillow as well. Mike's out. pillow is also an NFT. <laughs> I mean, it is. I yeah. the only people who has one. There's only three. Yeah. But anyway, thank you for the super chat. That was, that was super kind of you. Cool. Um, yeah, thank you. Just, just to close up our chat about Medal of Honor, we don't have an exact release date at the moment, but Oculus said it'll be coming no. this fall. So yeah, yeah, you can expect it within the next couple of months but uh, obviously we'll keep you updated on that yeah um moving on from the news this is where things start to get a bit spicy oh spicy as, as we talk about valve and their rumored next gen uh headset codenamed decad now i just want to say thank you uh to brad lynch known as sadly it's bradley on youtube um i'll ensure to put his youtube channel in the chat now so you can go and check it out um he has basically been doing all this digging um, and investigation work. Uh, so it, like all this kind of rests on his shoulders. 
I hope he's right um, <laughs> in the long term. Um, but let's Are you guys like, saying that uh, blame him if we're wrong? Well, <laughs> well th there are a few things. Like, you know, he did a huge live stream yesterday uh, with a data yeah. dump of information. That's um, awesome. I've kind of taken some of the highlights of that stream and I'll kind of do my best to concisely explain what's going on if you're not aware of kind of what's happening. Mm. Uh, but I would say that if you want all the gritty detail, go and check out his live stream. It's about two hours long, but there's a ton of information in there. Really interesting stuff. Um, I know Zim and Rowdy uh, also kind of watched the stream. Have your coffee first, man. Yeah. Have your coffee, ladies and gentlemen, because it goes, it starts it like this, and then it just goes off the deep end, yeah. like a Carmack chat or an Abrash chat. It reminds you know? me of, do you know when the guy did the the, the video, the stream of the PS5 specs, and he was just like oh. super passionate <laughs> about like the PS5 specs. Yeah. Everyone was like, this is going to be amazing, and everyone was just like, what the? <laughs> it was a bit like that. But like Small for, brain. My, for my yeah. little pea brain, yeah, like <laughs> yeah. I didn't understand much of it, but Zim and Rowdy also watched it, so if, I, if I'm going off track, then you can put me back on the rails. Yeah. Um, sure. So before we get into chat about Deckard, I just want to give you some context about um, the stuff we're going to talk about because a few months ago, Valve announced uh, the Steam Deck. Um, and if you're not familiar with what that is, it's a portable handheld PC device that kind of looks like a, 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 a beefy Nintendo Switch. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But the idea is that it can run full fat PC games natively. Um, which in itself is an awesome concept, right? Uh, mm. A couple of us have pre-ordered one, I believe. I think me and Nathie did. Yep. Did you? I did. Oh, oh, he did as well, Zim. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The full, the full one. Oh, nice. Whoa, okay. whoa, what you got to wait whoa, a whole whoa. year for? Oh, wow. big, big flex. Wow. Baller. Okay. Yeah, yeah, he's been selling Oof. his NFTs. That's like six hundred. It's like six hundred for it. It's um, too expensive, but. So yeah, that that the device is dropping. Um, for some, if you got there really, really quickly, late uh, this year or early next year, or if you're like Zim, went full hardcore on it, you're gonna be waiting <laughs> yeah. a while. Yeah. Um, but ultimately, the Steam Deck, uh, it runs uh, on a Linux version of SteamOS, uh, but it will also be able to run Windows natively to play PC content from other platforms like Epic Game Store, Origin, Uplay, because um, it's, it's designed to be open, right? It's, it's, a, it's an open device. You can use it the way you want to use it, which is a sort of a, a thread that I want to push going forward. This oh, wait, is going to be a very it... interesting part of the podcast yeah. because we have Bradley Chan in, in chat. Ah, and cool. uh, so it means that anything that you get wrong. Yeah, he can, Brad, he can just call me just out straight away in the chat. Yeah. But yeah, give him a kick. thank you for joining us, Brad. Really appreciate all the work you've been doing. Um, so in relation to Steam Deck, you know, early uh, reports from devs because uh, they've they've been sending out dev kits um, and, and they've been very uh, promising, you know, uh, and a lot of like positive feedback uh, from the early sort of hands on that devs have had with them. Uh, even high end games running like 30 frames per second natively on Steam Deck. And we're talking like super beefy games as well. So, um, you know, that, that's, yeah. that's impressive in itself. So when Steam Deck was announced, there was a lot of buzz as, a to, as to whether the Steam Deck was capable of powering a VR headset like the Valve Index or possibly even a Quest 2 wirelessly. Well, some early devs uh, are people from the VR dev community, like uh, Denny from Cloudhead Games, for example. And he's been experimenting with it, and he's connected up a Valve Index to the Steam Deck using like a, you know, a kind of hacked together uh, nest of USB-C uh, adapters and stuff. And uh, from what he's tried so far, the index is recognized by the Steam Deck, and you can get the output of the mirror on the Steam Deck's display, but you just don't get anything inside the headset itself. Yeah. But... It's only a matter of time before that is working, um, you know, and it could be the fact that they're waiting for the new SteamOS uh, to be unlocked before those features are fully unlocked and then it will work 
straight away. Um, can, I, can I quickly I, comment on something? Because sure. uh, like I, I, maybe maybe Brad can comment on that as well. Like I, I'm not entirely sure whether because I know that the Steam Deck comes with uh, uh, um, like a version of Linux, but I don't think it comes with a version of Windows though. I don't think it runs Windows mm-hmm. natively unless you install it on there. Because yeah, that's what I mean. You can you, oh, okay, you can okay. install Windows yeah. on there. Yeah, and run it. You can install it, but I I don't think that that is like is recommended by Valve or like is like that's something you're probably gonna have to do on your own. Right. Okay. Yeah. Right. And the, like so. you used to do that on Macs and stuff like that, where you would have a, like a shell that would control Windows mm-hmm. uh, or like a dual boot. I can't remember the name of the app that you would you would get. Um, but is that how you imagine it working, Rowdy? Where you're, you're like, uh, it's, well, like you, it's like you're booting into a different OS, but no, Linux if, I mean, is your, if, is if your you're base. Using, if you're using Steam and even like Epic Games also runs on, on Linux operating systems. So, because uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a Linux user myself, but you can like uh, Steam has something, I think it's called like uh, Proton, uh, which you can use in order to kind of like inject uh, Windows games into it. Uh, and that has been being optimized by valve over the past coming so many years uh, and it's it works rather great it doesn't work with mm. everything but mm. valve has always been pushing linux almost since the beginning and uh, yeah. they really really pushed that very hard because it's, it's just like with vr it's an open system uh, like i'm sure we're exactly. going to talk a little bit later about open xr which is also the, king, the kind of thing that valve is pushing yeah. more but i think uh, i think but, uh, the, the real question is like will this be a viable option with the steam deck uh, to play PC VR content at a decent frame rate, and uh, that's the that's thing we we don't we just don't know one. right now. Um, mm-hmm. You know, games like Beat Saber and Pistol Whip might be possible, but yeah. games like Boneworks and Half Life Alex, I think, are <laughs> unlikely. But I, I don't I don't know about that because like yeah. L- Linux is a very lightweight system, and they have an operating system that is specifically designed for their hardware. So everything that they make from the hardware up until the software is completely optimized, just like Half-Life, just like Medal of Honor will run on a, on a quest, uh, which is also a specific, you know... Yeah, but Medal of Honor is a downgraded version specifically designed uh, for quest. I, this I, is, I we're talking about that. the same I'm, games that you can play on a okay, 4 PC course, on a mobile device. You said there was a but. There was just, a but. Just, just be aware that right now we're talking about Steam Deck. We're not talking about Decade yet. Um, yeah, uh, but so, so wait. So, Rowdy, are, are you talking about uh, designed for Linux games running on Linux? Or are you just talking about this Proton. kind of Windows? Okay. Uh, yeah. I, I don't think that we should. Un- I mean, I don't know what the. I mean, you, you, we don't know anything about, like, you know, what, what will work and what won't. But yeah. th- there is a lot of stuff possible with these, like, mobile chips, and especially, you know, like the, the, the latest versions of that. that I mean, we don't know if it will run Half-Life Alex, but I wouldn't like discredit it immediately in, into like saying that uh, it, it will not run at all. No. Will it run you're optimal? Gonna, Probably not. But but, but are, are we kind of, I mean, to me it's it's telling. There are a, I won't say plethora, but there's a number of devs out there with VR backgrounds who have hands-on with a Steam Deck. Mm-hmm. And it, it appears that Valve's current agreement with them is that they can share information about this. And the fact that we don't, like, within a month have someone showing a, a VR game running, to me, is telling. I think it's just well, a matter of time. Share. Well, plus, I think they just, can only oh, share sure. their own. But what I'm saying is it's not yeah. easy. Uh, plus, just saying, oh, yeah. Gabe Newell himself said that it was going to run VR. So it has already been confirmed in that sense. Well, 
they also, around the, the Steam Deck buzz, because, you know, obviously a lot of people were talking about this, there was a lot of speculation about this. Valve actually did say themselves that the Steam Deck was very relevant to their future plans for VR. So they kind of like yeah. hinted at right. it. But, it, you know, I personally question whether the Steam Deck on its own will be a viable machine to run full everything. fat PC VR content. I'm with you on yeah, that, everything. Mike. I'm of with course. you on that, of because course. especially with what... And I'll let you yeah. reveal the detail, but let's get onto that part yeah. of it because so so um, so going back uh, further than even the the Steam Deck announcement, Brad was digging around the Valve patent applications and sleuthing through all the codes for months and months, and he was actually one of the first persons to mention the fact that a portable handheld system was coming from Valve. So he was totally right in that information and in his prediction. So since the announcement, he's been digging around more and found what he believes to be evidence uh, that Valve are working towards their successor to the Valve Index with a new headset codenamed Deckard. And like I said at the beginning, he did a whole two-hour long talk about it yesterday, detailing all of his findings, most of which is kind of like patent talk or like code uh, shown on screen. There's tons of information in there, but way above my head. But like I said... And you you know they've, they've done a scrub overnight as well well that, that's telling in itself <laughs> if that is the case yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it is, yeah. obviously none of this stuff has been officially confirmed by valve um so do take it with a pinch of salt although i should mention that website ars technica did corroborate a lot of uh, brad's uh, information with sources of their own uh, which gave yeah. his findings even more credibility um but essentially in, in from what i understand it, it boils down to uh deckard being uh, a kind of like a hybrid vr headset that's capable of of pc vr both wide and wireless and can also be used completely standalone. Um, and Brad kind of suggested that instead of multiple SKUs of headset, that the different use cases could be assigned to different head straps. So you would have a standard head strap for straight up PC VR using a wire mm. to a desktop PC. You would then have a strap that contains like a YGIG2 um, chip with uh, dual antennas for like super smooth wireless PC VR. Uh, beyond what we're cap- what's capable of like current YGIG, you know, with the uh, the Vive wireless adapter, um, that again you could connect to a desktop PC, and then a strap, which is this is where things get really interesting, which contains a chipset of its own, um, capable of standalone PC VR. And by standalone, yeah. I don't mean Quest Two standalone, I mean full PC VR standalone running on its own version of SteamOS. And that, that's the most compelling, like in the models that we're talking about, I think it was, they were calling split rendering and things like that. But the fact that you would have the compute power, we've talked about this before. We even saw Oculus play with this, with Quest in the earlier versions where they had a PC compute at the back of the head. Yeah. Uh, it, was like this, it was like this ring, a uh, fat ring mm-hmm. at the back, like a large donut. Uh, and that's what you see here. But even some of those uh, patents look like a Steam Deck hanging off the back of the headset. Yeah. And so it might tell you that the PCB, the, the actual electronic circuitry uh, that they've printed for the Steam Deck is repurposed in a head strap that then connects from the back and gives the compute power. So you've got the display in the front, the compute power at the back, and that merger meaning that you've got a modular setup where you can just discard the back or upgrade mm. it or whatever. Yeah. And that's just, that, like, that just blew my mind. I yeah. was like, okay, that's smart. Yeah. Same, I think at the that same w- time, that is the, that is the part that made me doubted a little bit more even though i personally mm. believe for like all the arguments that brad put forward and I, I do think there's very substantial evidence for it uh and he even brought it up himself as you know you, you're looking at, at, at patents uh, of, of of things that are being developed 
but that might not see, you know, the light of day in the end, even though like the things yeah. he put forward are, you know, like to me, at least it seems like, you know, he put in the, the work and he put in the evidence in order to prove that. But at the same time, you know, what could happen is that some of those prototypes just get scrapped and yeah, they don't see the light of day just because they want to have all those different models in there so that the, the one that they ultimately may, maybe there's only one that they go for. Like we don't have the, the I mean, we don't know, of course, even though yeah. I think what, what Brad brought forward is probably but I likely. Think the idea of modularity is a really interesting one. Yeah. And I think yeah, the fact that it's a headset that can cater for many different use cases and needs, I think is mm -hmm. smart as well, because mm -hmm. you don't want to just sell the all singing, all dancing model and market that to everyone because it's going to be very expensive. Yeah. But, but it comes with a level of complexity that we have, I mean, that we've brought up on many different devices before. We've we've talked about that before in phones as well, that you have modularity mm -hmm. in phones that you can replace certain elements of there. But the, the the engineering that goes into that, I mean, if there's a company that can do it, it's probably Valve, you know, like the, the, their, but, their kind of software it, and hardware engineers are it, amazing. Isn't it though, like the Pimax issue though, right? Mm, yeah. I mean, I, I'm kind of backing what you're saying, Rowdy. Like how consumer ready is the concept of a modular headset? Like, I've got this screen, I'm going to put this part, I'm going to buy, how many pieces do well, I have to assemble I, with this? Isn't I, that I, I don't a, think a it's challenge? a case of like, you know, you're swapping out displays or anything. It's just a case of you're swapping a head strap. And I think, you know, that's yeah, probably one the, plus the, one the, is the least friction. a computing unit. Yeah, I think that's the but least this friction. Is, this is also what Valve wants to do. They want to innovate, they want to make something new, you know? And, and if you see the PC VR scene right now, well, most of the headsets that come out kind of do the same mm. thing. This is very challenging, but if they can make it happen... And they set, again, a new standard for what you can but do with is, VR. This is exactly it. Like, what if, so you could buy, a, again, just thinking about how Valve thinks. Like, if you could buy, like, just like right now, you can buy, a, um, like, those steam machines. You could buy a steam machine from multiple manufacturers, and they can, they have control over their own specs. It starts to become kind of a nightmare for developers then, because you don't have a fixed platform in terms of compute power. You might have a low end, medium, high, different companies no, manufacturing no, no, the back no, no, part no, no, of the sensor, no, 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 right? no, 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 no. I, I don't think that's the case. I think it's just a case of like, there will be uh, PC VR, like from desktop, and 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 that is it. Like, you, you, it's not a case of downgrading it. Like, what, what they're saying is they're trying to make this Deckard headset, the Steam Deck of VR. So essentially, you're playing full-fat PC mm. VR content, but on this standalone device, but there's but, a, but there's, I think what I no, think what no, no, means that. is with upgrades, right? If you like five years down the line, they bring out a yeah. new computing headset. Uh, yeah, but I don't, I don't think I don't think Valve are going to open this up to third parties. Is my point? But they said this with know. Steam Deck. They said with Steam Deck that the platform they're going to open. Like other people mm. can create Steam Decks. They said that in their original intro. Okay, well I'll be interested to see that, but um, yeah. that certainly wasn't mentioned as part of his stream, from what I understood anyway. Um, but what Brad did have from Brad Brad stream no no, um, but what Brad did have access to was an unreleased version of SteamOS three, um, which referred to the code name Deckard, uh, and also hinted at one of the headsets, um, you know, one of these modular straps yeah. being powered by a custom XR uh, chipset from Qualcomm. <laughs> I should say Qualcomm. Um, I love that. And this this of course like having a standalone PC VR headset, you know, like the Steam Deck of VR essentially would of course remove a lot of friction when it comes to PC VR, meaning that people could buy this headset um, to play PC VR content. They wouldn't require a full desktop PC or a laptop as all the processing power would be built into the headset itself. And I think that is a super cool concept and I'm all for it. Further to this, Brad kind of detailed a feature called split rendering and sort of Zim kind of hinted at this a little bit earlier. And what he was explaining was that sometimes this standalone headset might not be able to push all the processing power and it might get a bit overloaded with a lot of the work. 
So what it can do using this method called split rendering can offload some of that processing power to another device. So that other device could be a desktop PC, could be a laptop, could be a tablet, could be a Steam Deck. Um, so you could these 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 products could work in tandem with each other uh, to make the experience better. And I do mm, think that's, that's like a really interesting Steam concept. Decks. Like, it's serious. Like force feedback. <laughs> no, no. Like rumble the for, back of my head, Steam please. Decks, for Steam Decks and stereo, hook them up. I, 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 I don't think it'd be multiple, but yeah. No, of course Single not. other devices that you could connect to. Is, to. Isn't that a bit what we saw with HTC when they showed a, let's say, mobile phone connected to the headset, powering uh, uh, that? Although it wasn't split rendering. Yeah, I, I get mm. your point. Yeah, they were they were talking about tethering to, to mm. other devices. That's but a really interesting concept that I've we've never really seen explored in the VR work? space yet. You um, mean the pocket mobile that's actually driving a a, a a dummy display? What was that? Is that what you meant? So a pocket, so um, a, a cell phone or a mobile phone that would be in your pocket, cabled to your headset with a display where there's no. Uh, computing power in the display. You just have so so. Uh, Brad hinted at like tablets. So I suppose mobile phones could be in the realm of that as well. But like what you're saying is like offloading some of the processing. Yeah. No, so, sorry, sorry. I, I was talking about what what Nathy mentioned. No, so I, this, like this I meant older you could use another of... device to add more power to it. Well, I think I think the HTC model wasn't that originally. It was going to no, be no, 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 no. They never only... said what it was. They just showed it, but they yeah. never. Came back to okay, it. they never explained it. So no. we just mused that maybe it would be driven solely by mm. like a mobile phone or some device out external. Um, but this is really cool because it's basically saying, let's share the load. And when I, when I heard this, I was like, okay, so you could have conceivably a Steam Deck and then a headset, a headset that's okay, like, like a, let's say Quest equivalent, Valve's Quest equivalent headset. And then you're able to connect it into a Steam Deck and use that processing power to run the things that are running off of the Steam Deck to basically give it the boost it needs with both of those compute powers glued together to run full board yeah. uh, VR it, experiences. It, it sounds PC very nice in theory, but I, I know the but, applicability exactly. is, is oof, it's, it's not well, easy. Well, think about SLI. Yeah, right? Whenever GPUs you try to like share well the pipeline, right yeah. but whenever you try to share the pipeline, you, you introduce the almost by design the issue of wait for me mm. you know it's like if, if this half isn't doing enough because it's, it's thermal coefficient is dropped yeah. or something and now it's t overheating and it's not performing as well then the other side has to wait because it said you're going to take 40 yeah. percent or they've got to be talking back and forth about how much they're each going to be taking like they're, 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 it's messy it's definitely a messy solution yeah. well, the, the fun part that no one knows how to solve this yet makes it even more exciting because they want to expand the horizon and it was like mm. how, how is this how is this going to work I think they can get very close yeah. with this. But I'm again, very, we should remember point, that, to that, that point. That, we actually have Kiko Dan in the chat as well, who mentioned that split rendering yeah. wouldn't work with the entire library of games developed over the last seven years. I personally don't think that there will be a big emphasis on that. And I think that's kind of the, the point that, that both Zim and me tried to bring up is that there's a, a certain level of complexity that I think that might not be in the hands of, of Valve, but might be more in the hands of, of developers of those games in yeah. order to optim optimally use those kind of features. But I think the, the other point things. the other point is that a lot of this information like was just like patented and could be in development for years and years and years. You know, and, exactly. and that's that's yeah. a solid point. Yeah. Um, but I think it's interesting that it was discussed and that, that kind of like synergy between two devices helping each other out to make a better experience was was an interesting yeah. one anyway. Um, for sure. further sort of information that Brad showed was that um, 
that the headset would support both inside-out tracking, like the Quest and Quest 2, but also support lighthouse tracking. Thought that was kind of interested, like hybrid, a bit like uh, mm. I suppose, like a bit like the Cosmos it with the 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 full uh, elite plate. You know, it can it can do both. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. The headset is reported to feature a new micro OLED display. Um, yeah, or, that, that or, I found two very micro OLED displays. Um, yeah, so, so that's like, because pretty... I, 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 I wanted to talk about that maybe a little bit as well. Sure, like go the, for it. The yeah. OLED display because we we done previously an episode about like talking about refresh rates and that kind of stuff. And and another thing that Brad mentions that was that he didn't believe that they would be using Fresnel lenses anymore, mm-hmm. uh, which is also a, a very yeah, I mean, it's a step in the right direction if we manage to get like some lenses that are not Fresnel lenses. Uh, but of course, it comes with a certain complexity in terms of engineering. But um, the 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 OLED displays. I mean, one of the reasons that I know that VR has always been using LCD displays is refresh rate. You know, yeah. you can get much yeah. higher refresh rates and right. uh, the, compared to like like OLEDs or other 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 kind of displays. And I, I found it interesting that. You know, Valve is kind of moving away from that, and I'm kind of wondering. I mean, Brad mm. did mention in his in his in his talk that he had no idea about the refresh rates, but that high refresh rates were possible. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm wondering uh, what what kind of refresh rates are we gonna can we expect from a from a, a micro OLED display? Because um, mm. I, I think you know the color levels will be much better. You know, the headset will be able to be much smaller as well, which is also great. And they have advanced optics, so you know I think that the the display will look very nice. But in terms of refresh rate, I'm kind of wondering now, especially since the Valve Index has been pushing that refresh rate, yeah. uh, you know, insanely high compared to like other VR devices. I'm wondering <laughs> what, what are there's what still are we one four four right at, at the top. Yep, one four four yep. hertz. The the thing though that I I I I don't understand right. If you're developing anything to be mobile, uh, balance is incredibly important. And, and if you're a PC VR person, you're used to kind of having, all right, give me my 3090, give me my i9 processor, give it to me all, baby, right? And wrap everything up, but wrap everything up. But, but when you're constrained to onboard processing, thermal dynamics, the heat output and all that kind of stuff, the cooling element, you have to be careful about all the elements that you're deciding to upgrade, like resolution, um, everything the the frequency at which it's flashing in front of your eyes all of that costs you something and takes something away i'd much prefer a lower refresh rate headset that again is standalone that can be bolted onto or tethered i mean i think the success of quest 2 with its tether the oculus link now is great it sets a standard Uh, i'd love to see a valve equivalent or something like this technology where you've got some multiple pieces assembled Mm -hmm. together to give you that full PC experience where you can just do whatever the fact you want mm-hmm. with the compute power yeah. or go standalone and ratchet it back again. But that, but that's actually not that's not the thing that I'm expect I'm not expecting a lower refresh rate coming from Valve, especially considering that they've, you know, pushed so high refresh rate. So I'm really mm. really curious about the kind of displays that they're going to show because I don't think it's going to be below 120 hertz, a micro OLED display. Because their market is premium. And they also want, yeah. since since day one with the Vive, they, they wanted that immersion experience. So I kind of agree with you that Valve's market is the upper end. It's it's not looking for the no. bottom feeders. It's, it's, it's just that's going to push the price up. Like Yeah, and Brad suggested that it would probably be expensive. Uh, he did suggest yeah. that. But then again, the Steam Deck itself is very expensive. Um, you well, know, the Valve the Index wasn't cheap either. Uh, yeah. Know. Kind of, so, kind of just expanding on, on Rowdy's yeah. point, the, the cutest part of, I think, Brad's findings for me was him exploring, I forget what he, he branded it as, but I'll call it, you know, if, if we're XR2 within the Quest, 
the remnants of or the hints, the breadcrumbs leading to the equivalent of like an XR3 yeah. or the next chip. Um, because normally what would then happen behind the scenes is a number of manufacturers uh, working with Qualcomm, of course, would have early versions of that to kind of get ready and tool up and, and play right with it. And um, if if this is kind of leaked as a result, then maybe that's why they've been doing the scrubbing, because it's like, you know, scrubbing decad references, that probably doesn't matter. And, and I agree with Brad saying, like, you know, seeding it, getting people hyped, especially in advance of potentially a Valve and Facebook, you know, shootout later this month. Um, Don't forget PlayStation as well. But, Sure, and I know they're coming in, in 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 next year, you know, as heavy hitters as well. But I, I do think that if you've got a relationship with with like Qualcomm, you don't want to feck that up. Yeah. And so if if you've accidentally leaked a few details about the XR three or whatever it would, it would be, you you don't want you want to clean that mess up. So I'm what I'm, that's my that's my guess. Or, there, or is that Brad has maybe hit a nerve a little bit. Plus, like you can also change up plans because of this. He's like, oh, now everyone is going to think this. Maybe I'm going the other way. Well, I, th I think what Brad was suggesting was that Valve likes to leave little breadcrumbs behind for people like him to find to, These to drum are very up big it, yeah. pieces of bread. But <laughs> but I don't, I, it, it could yeah, be part of their marketing strategy. Like they're a, they're an unusual company. They do things very differently from everyone else. And maybe but you that need is to know the case. What to look for. Right? Yeah, of course. You know, it's, but he's not like found it. You know, that's the well, point. Yeah, well, yeah, but that's because Brad knows what to look for. He's in that VR scene, but there's yeah, a lot of. Loves. I don't think that the that the you know the the group that are searching specifically for VR stuff is is that big. Uh, yeah, they're looking all for Half Life. You know, the references everywhere, left, right, and center. But uh, <laughs> like, um, yeah, VR but stuff. The, the, I, I the don't break know. the breadcrumbs were there at least. Um, oh yeah. So, Sorry, so, someone so, in chat has labeled them Brad crumbs. Brad crumbs. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's that amazing. is amazing. Well done. Um, but, but you know I, what I, I also, you know what I also wonder is, you know, if if they go again like uh, premium quality VR, will that also mean we get some premium quality VR content? Yeah, all right. That? You jump in the gun a little bit, Nathy. Oh, still you were more. going to jump on this gun. We, well, we still got more. Oh, to sorry, talk about. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Software long long any podcast. Yeah. Okay. Um, strap yourself in. So, like some other specs, I just want to cover before we start talking about what Nathy's talking about because I, I do think it's an important point and we should explore that. Um, uh, yeah. Is that so? So Brad also sort of gave this idea of um, you know Valve plans to create this open source metaverse because you know with Facebook doing what they're doing, uh, other companies doing what they're doing, they're, they're very much closed little, little silos, little ecosystems. Whereas you know Valve maybe wants to kind of break the gates open and create this kind of metaverse based on Linux that's completely open source and everyone can add to it, and that would be more in line with a true metaverse in my eyes, you know, something that's open source and anyone can build and add to. And I, I, I totally am down with that idea. Um, some other things that you mentioned in terms of hardware specs was that very focal lenses would be uh, in the headset. Uh, basically, this means that, you know, somehow either, I don't know how they would do this because like in the half dome prototype from Oculus, for example, it was a physical movement of the displays that they, they made this kind of like very focal technology work. Um, yeah. But essentially, you'd be able to get true a true sense of depth um, in VR, unlike anything we've ever seen before, because, you know, the way he kind of showed it is that if you like look at your finger and then look at the background, you know, the, the finger, when you look at your finger, when it's here, the background is blurry. When you look at the background, then your finger becomes blurry. Yeah. And that's the kind of I, what the, the what they want to replicate, yeah. right? And you've discussed well, actually, this Actually, what, what very focal uh, does is it brings light from different sources from different distances. So the way that we experience the natural world mm -hmm. is is reflection of light we don't actually see well i mean we see light but it's reflection of light and absorption of light 
that gives us colors and gives us locations. And the way that that, that light, uh, that the light that is reflected hits our eyes, comes from different objects at different distances. And that gives us that idea of depth. But with a with a screen that is fixed, you only have light coming from a from a specific location, which means that it, it hits the back of your retina always at the same same distance. But if you have a very focal display that moves back and forth, then it can simulate that like kind of perception of light coming from further away or closer sources. Yeah. So that's what the very but focal I think display the thing is. is this one of the problems. Yeah. With this headset, though, like it would also add weight to the headset and make it bulkier, where it doesn't look like a bulky headset. So I don't know if they can do that somehow with software matched with eye tracking, uh, because this was no, another part no. of the puzzle, which was they can't. You're saying no, because but if, the, it, if the it was fact, baked into the game, I mean, no, 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 because the 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 the, the specialty about the very focal lens is that the light uh, gets hit, hits your eyes from a different distance. So as long as the display stays at the same location. The amount of light will always travel the same dif- distance to the back of your retina. If you move your lens back or forth, so it would need physical movement distance, of the displays. It would need physical okay. movements. As far okay. as I'm aware, at least maybe maybe okay. I mean I'm not not a vision expert, but that's as far as I understand about actual very focal lenses. Right. Yeah. That the lens because what he might, was he was talking about was that that would be combined with eye tracking. Um, so the combination yeah. of eye tracking and very focal displays. Would be something yeah, yeah. unlike we've ever seen before, uh, because those, you those things have like very different. Those two have very very different benefits and detriments. And I think that very focal for me is it's like when I first saw the lighthouse base stations, and I thought, oh my god, these things have moving parts, and they're moving, you know, many times a second. Mm-hmm. Your mean time before failure (MTBF) drops right off because anything with moving parts, it's operating at a high frequency isn't going to survive uh, for a long period of time. And it's just, just an engineering kind of fact. Or you have but, to engineer it to this, mm-hmm. the, the, the level that it can operate for a long period of time. And then you've got but, other but concerns. So in a headset... Lenses, very focal lenses can't exist without eye tracking. Because the, the, the way that... The, the object that your pupil is looking at needs to be right, sat okay. in a certain distance. So if you're looking at a yeah. tree that is far away, then the lens needs to move further away. Well, if you if you look at something that is close by, the lens will have to move forward. It's, it's not the truth it's not is not the same in the reverse. If you, if, you, if you do this, for example, and you look at at at, at your your finger, yeah, which is which is close by, and if you look at something that is further away, your pupil might not always change that much in terms of like where it's looking at. So it's it's a very it's a very difficult problem, I think, that is to solve, which, you know, just like, I mean, you need some serious machine learning, I think, in order to to solve that. Well, I, th- I think, and this is kind of like what, to wrap this kind of up a little bit and sort of like start thinking about moving on to other subjects, because I don't want to dwell on it like the whole show. But I, I like where all this is going. I like all these patterns. I think all of these things combined in one device is is very optimistic. Uh, I think we might get some of these features. I think we might get a few of them, but I don't think we will get all of them because I just think it just sounds too good to be true at this point. Like it's almost like everything we've ever dreamed of, right? Yeah, I I don't think it's too good to be true because I mean, Brad also brought up a good point that another way that you have, you have um, very focal lenses that that don't move is basically when they have like different kind of like, like, I don't know how to explain this, but like you have like different layers that kind of light up. So you don't yeah. have to move the lens and back and forth, but you have like fixed, like for example, close, medium range and, and further range. And depending on like yeah. what you're looking at, like that gets activated. But you, that's that, would mean, you that would mean multiple displays, right? 
multi multi displays and I, in, I don't know if you need honey, multi, I mean it's, it's the the light that needs to hit differently so it, I don't know if that's also possible with the lenses mm. itself uh, but that, but yeah, I think my yeah. point is that you know we're talking about a headset that's potentially standalone. It's got very focal yeah, displays. Does, does got, got eye tracking. Yeah. It's got like <laughs> opportunities to have wide gig. And, and I, I would like it sounds like the perfect headset, you know, in many ways. It's next but, gen. And, uh, well, it is. It is. It is very but next. Personally, gen. I, you know, I, I just want to keep my hype meter in check because you know we've talked about headsets like the half dome yeah, no, prototype years and years yeah. ago and it still hasn't come to fruition yet so i kind of want to just yeah. put that out there you know um that you know I, I completely respect brad and i think a lot of what he's found is is genuine real yeah. stuff i just don't know if it's going to be something that we see imminently or it's long-term visions that valve are going to be doing for future plays mm. um one thing i, I really want to talk about and i think this is super interesting um is like the name itself and this is something that brad kind of touched before go on before you jump off to the next subject um and i, I want to hear your enthusiasm about the, the name which clearly isn't a diablo reference um is 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 just uh eye tracking he, he put a lot of kind of weight into saying that eye tracking is now now that it's a feature it shouldn't go away headsets should have it as a standard and i'm curious because you and nathie have experimented with those kinds of headsets how do you feel about it like as a feature as something that is already proven it's achievable do you want that as a mandate in your next headset or do you think well, i take it or leave it i, I think the, the thing is like so so eye tracking and dynamic foveated rendering is something that we've talked about for a long time right so the idea that yeah. you know the the headset and and the hardware will be able to track your eye movement it would render the the display exactly where your eye so is looking performance at, at the, perspective at the highest possible yeah. um uh, clarity and everything else would kind of be like uh, degraded Lower. Uh, to save yeah. performance, and it, and for me it was like it's a it's a double it's a two bonus thing. You get like great clarity, and you also get performance, right? Mm. Um, yeah. And it, although it's something we've talked about for a long time, we haven't actually seen many consumer VR headsets actually implement it yet. But that is coming. Um, so yeah, I'm it, sorry. It's, I, I, it's, I'm going to make one silly comment here. You missed the third leg of that stool. So you get performance, you get clarity, and you get ads. <laughs> so when they know where you're looking you get more targeting don't know that for sure yet but yeah so uh yeah i It'll think it's happen. coming so yeah i i do think that technology in itself is probably likely uh it's just the other things that yeah. i'm just uh yeah. not 100 convinced on or or at do least just keeping it? my that's what I'm asking my, my optimism like, do you want my, my hype meter in check that that's all it yeah, is yeah. Uh, I, I think I think that sense. you know the best part about all of this is that we're finally talking about the pc vr market again yeah because we're talking way too much about standalone market yeah I, I totally, the, I, 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 the, I totally the, the oculus of, uh, market you know no i totally agree <laughs> um but to talk about the name because i do want to i do want to touch back on what nathie said earlier as well um the name and, and brad talked about this at the end of his stream and i found this probably one of the most interesting things you know just because i'm a bit of a geek and i love this kind of stuff <laughs> you're he, a geek oh, oh no, yeah totally really? um but what he said was uh obviously the the name decad um comes he, he says is a reference to Rick Deckard, which is a character obviously from the movie uh, Blade Runner, which came out in 1982. Yep. Amazing movie, by the way, if you haven't seen it already. Um, but what's funny about the name Deckard um, is that, so he was a cop, um, a police officer that was hunting for replicants, which are essentially androids, right? And the, the year that he was posted to this role is actually 2019. According to Brad, 2019 <laughs> is the year that Valve started working on this Deckard prototype so there's kind of a, a little link there Ooh. but also and this is where things kind of uh, really get interesting is that this so because it started in 2019 uh, and obviously Deckard is hunting 
replicants, which are androids. Um, we know that the Oculus Quest 2 is an Android device. And was this kind of like some hint at Valve, you know, hunting down what <laughs> Oculus are currently doing with their Android devices? That's hilarious. But, and this was the clincher, a bit of a movie spoiler here. At the end of the movie, it's questioned whether Deckard himself is a replicant. And obviously there's rumor that some of this uh, Deckard headset might have Android built into it with this XR2 or XR3 <laughs> chipset. Um, yeah. So is it a case of an Android hunting an Android? <laughs> um, and, and for me, I just thought, if someone has actually sat down at Valve and gone through the time and mental capacity to think all that out and map it out Definitely. that way, like, well, hats 100%. off to you like that. That was, that was amazing. Yes. Yeah. That sounds so, 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 so sounds that like sounds typical. So you're saying, so you're saying we're getting a spin-off movie where it's like Deckard and it's like, oh, hi, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so yeah, but I do, I do want to quick, uh, quickly touch back to what um, Nathie said. And I, I, I totally agree with him because I know what point he wants to make. And as much as I think new hardware is, is super exciting and I, I love the idea that a headset like this would remove a lot of friction for PC VR users, it doesn't solve one of the biggest problems we have right now in VR and that is to draw traditional gamers in, we need the really compelling content. Um, and mm -hmm. I think, you know, or, or what I hope is that, that Valve are giving the software as much attention as the hardware because um, they need to support developers, they need to sort of bring their own games yeah. Um, to VR to attract that audience in. You know, Half-Life Alex was a monumental moment in VR's history. And in many ways, it's kind of, it's been difficult because not any nothing has been able to live up to that exceptionally high bar ever since. Um, I think it sweetened the well. That's what it did. It uh, oversweetened the well. <laughs> it oversweetened the well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I, I do hope um, that uh, enough or as much attention gets given to the software mm. side as the the yeah. hardware side, and they typically don't, right? Yeah, I well, mean, that's, that's yeah. We in their know history, about Valve that. Yeah. is 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 like it feels like eighty five percent hardware, fifteen percent software. Yeah. It just yeah, feels that it, way I these mean, days. They, they, they are have to a say software does... company, right? They, yeah, true. Well, no, it, their main products yeah. are Steam, Dota. Steam. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah but like, I think as Zim Zim makes like a valid point, but now if I look back at me buying the Valve Index, this was a very expensive investment in terms <laughs> that, of the that's, games that's, I got in return. That's often with, with you know Valve I mean? pod products the case, though. You had the Steam Link, yeah, yeah, yeah. Steam Controller, yeah. The Valve Index. I, 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 but, know, this is, but these are VR games. It's like a, almost like a, you know, it's a different well, I, genre within Steam itself. I, I think know? if you're like a VR chat user and body yeah, tracking, course. you know, yeah, or, no, or a sim racing enthusiast, yeah, or if you like, sim enthusiast, like then multiplayer yeah. stuff, yeah. you're always returning to it. But if yeah. you're looking for like enticing single player yeah. experiences on a monthly base or every three, four months. Yeah. But, but Valve is just the, the kind of company that works on what they like. And if that becomes a product, yeah, yeah, then yeah. they release it. Yeah. And if that, yeah. and then yeah. they move on to something else and they have a, yeah. a new yeah, kind of project lined uh, up. There. And yeah. I think as well, like, you know, Valve are one of these companies that do things on their own time, but I do think that they do want to, disrupt whatever oculus uh are planning and whatever playstation have up, you know <laughs> planned for the next gen hardware sure, so yeah. um it will be interesting to see these three big companies fight it out I, yes. I'm, I'm looking yeah. forward to that uh i love what it are i absolutely love the popcorn sitting yeah. back yeah. you know when watching that like i love the dick moves from company to company <laughs> totally. it's like interrupt your lunch totally. boom harpoon totally uh, I, I do think wait. this is and you know uh, uh fatty pringles makes a good point in, yeah, in the in the chat he said Sony will wipe the floor with everyone. And I do think they're going to be the strongest I, yeah, coming out the gates with the gaming content. Um, yeah, gaming-wise. But, 
Watto UK in the chat does say that a launch title for uh, whatever Valve do next could be Half-Life Gordon. And the funny thing is, like, I totally believe that that will be the name of the next yeah. uh, Half-Life uh, VR yeah. game. Really? Half-Life Gordon? Yeah, totally. That's a fair point. Yeah, yeah I never thought about that. Yeah. Mm. Um, so yeah, that is uh, the roundup of the kind of uh, Valve Deckard headset. I hope I didn't butcher uh the information that brad gave out on his stream too much uh during this conversation and i hope i got some of this stuff right um but yeah like i said if you want to get the words uh the information straight from the horse's mouth um then go and check out brad's stream and i'll drop a link to it in the chat now so you can go and check it out he's a great horse he's a great horse bless him i love his loaves his bread Hi, I'm Brad. I love that. <laughs> um, right, so um, as we're halfway through the news, I think it's time to thank another one of our sponsors. Um, so uh, these guys, they're my favorite VR accessory manufacturer. It's, of course, uh, VR Cover. Uh, now, VR Cover, they have a range of VR accessories for pretty much every consumer VR headset available on the market. So regardless of what headset you have, they will definitely have a product for you to level up your headset. Uh, for the Oculus Quest 2 in particular, they have these amazing textured controller grips, uh, which ensure your controllers are secured in place by using an adjustable strap running over the back of your hand. Kind of very much like the index controllers are strapped to your hand. Very comfortable. I use them all the time. Uh, I also like to personally pair them up with these kind of like stealth halo protectors, which provide some additional protection against knocks and bumps without compromising on tracking quality. And of course, they have full replacement facial interface kits to make your headset more comfortable, allowing you to play for longer. Uh, so check out the range of accessories to level up your VR headset using the link in the description down below. You're basically wearing the entire store. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. I do, I do use these products yeah, every no, day I know. myself. Same, and th same th here. That's why I'm happy for, to endorse for years. them. But you know, you know, my favorite thing that I use is like the the cushion that you can put in your uh, head strap on the back. Oh, the elite strap pad. That, yeah, that is just that is just amazing. Mm. It's my best. That yeah, one? that thing. Yeah, best friend. Best yeah. friend. It's so funny because it's like I had the elite strap normally, and this is like it just fits like a sock over the, and it, it just gives that extra bit yeah, of cushion. Yeah, no, it's very nice. It's very. It's nice. weird. Yeah. It it feels really strange buying anything for the elite strap because you just know that it's fragile. Yeah. That can thing. But I like it. I'm with you, Nathan. I didn't know you liked it, but we're both fans. Yeah, yeah. VR cover the like yeah. the original OGs making accessories for VR Dude. products, and they're still the best to this very Dude, day. I, let me tell yeah. you, in 2014, I received my first cover, and they were just experimenting with it because they were oh, they were a clothing company before, mm -hmm. and they were trying. So they sent me a cover with my name on it, and it was for my DK2, and I still have it somewhere Same in here. a dusty box. Beautiful, <sighs> dude. Uh, it's yeah. been a while. It's been the embroidered while. one. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, that yeah, one, yeah. that one did, that one did like the, they have made missteps in the past. Well, yeah. I love a company yeah. who, who, who kind of like screws up and iterates and iterates yeah, and always, iterates always. And, yeah. and, and they have done that. I mean, even in their, their current line of, of facial interfaces, some of them have been a little bit funny, but I always see them go on to the next thing. Mm, and yeah, I trust their, very... I trust their brand for that reason. Yeah. Yep. Great sponsor for the show. Thank you very much for uh, supporting yeah, us. We really you. appreciate it. Um, so a couple more bits of news to cover. Uh, I'll kind of blitz through these ones. They're kind of smaller bits of news. Um, uh, but this week, if you didn't know, is actually the Tokyo Game Show. Uh, it's going on right now uh, in Japan as a physical event, and it actually ends tomorrow. Um, obviously, travel around the world has been quite difficult, so they've done the next best thing and allow people to check out the show uh, in virtual reality. Or you can use a flat screen monitor uh, on PC and Mac. 
Uh, if you want to check out the show for yourself in VR, you can download the free Oculus Quest app from App Lab. Uh, or if you're using a PC VR headset, I'll add a link to the official website in the chat now where you can download the official application. Uh, you just basically download it, jump in and check it out. Um, mm. I jumped in briefly this morning on the Oculus Quest 2 um, just to sort of get an idea of what it was all about and the kind of scale of it. And I was actually surprised at how big this VR event is. One of the biggest I've ever seen, actually. Um have any of you guys had opportunity to check it out? No, no? I've, I've watched a few videos on it, but it just looked like a like almost like a rec room or <laughs> like a hub. Like, what can you explain? What it when you say it's big, it's just a big single level leading to videos, or what was it? It, for you? it has that, but it also has much more. So basically, you jump in, you have a little robot avatar, you go up the the steps uh, to the <laughs> convention hall like you would at a traditional uh, convention, which was pretty cool. Uh, they have yeah. um, like video game characters and signs all over the place in this like central hub uh, with uh, portals spinning off to these uh, huge areas. Uh, they've got digital, uh, urban, wild, and core. And you can just basically go and explore them all. They've got... Um, Sorry, what, what was that? Digital, urban, wild, and core? What, what does that mean? They're the different areas that they've designated oh. for that you can explore the different parts of the world. So, you, you know, they, oh. they've got signage. Um, showing which uh, exhibitors are inside each of these areas, and you go through the portal, okay. and you can go and visit them. Are they are they like clustered, or is, is it like thematic, or no, no, like no, they, they branch off at like opposite areas. ends of like this huge like atrium central uh, part of the? It, it the feels like you're on, a, on a, It feels like you're on like a like a, a planet, but then the ring, the outer ring of it, and you just walk <laughs> over it at like different areas because yeah. they're all connected but as you said like the the first oh, part that i felt I very nostalgic about is that you start in like because people travel with the metro and most people who go to tokyo game show go with the metro, the metro. and you go up those escalators yeah. and they they kind of give you a history lesson of how tokyo game show started they have yeah. all these posters and timelines of like so every time you go a step up you go into a different year then you go as mike said through a portal and you enter this like these different but it, it feels very japanese in a cool way and you have all these little characters that talk to you they're like the stewards of the convention that tell you stuff um you can collect shirts so if you for example go to a certain booth and you find huh. um this little hidden easter egg then you can um you know almost yeah what is it like um, copy it and put it on your shirt and show people that you just went to the Sonic booth or you went to this place. Um, oh. And it's online, so, so you do see other people walking around. Oh. You can use your microphone. Yep. Um, okay. I didn't see Mike. I was looking, but but as Mike said, it's huge. <laughs> huge. So I don't know. Uh, like I don't know, but I, I found it very yeah very interesting. Uh, and and I think my highlight of this show is there's this uh, Attack on Titan area, mm. and it's. It's like fully modeled. So you feel like you're in the game. So every part, you can walk into a game and kind of be in this little, how do you call it? Like a... Diorama? It's like a Hollywood yeah. scene almost, you know? Yeah, exactly. Huh. And with uh, Attack on Titan, you can be in this 360 video and feel like you're inside the actual uh, uh, game. But huh. it's also like completely packed with videos. Yeah. <laughs> it's like there are yeah. videos everywhere. So it's basically a cinema screen. You click on it. And if you click on it on your um, browser, it could be that it just opens up on, on another, um, you know, window. Um, you can also click on certain things that take you to the website of a developer. Um, but overall, I think it's it's great because if you can't go to Tokyo Game Show, 
then yeah. you can still be a part of it. Yeah. You know? Seems like a yeah. really high production oh, value, it, yeah. actually. For I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. And I'm, I think, you know, with, uh, with, go on, go on, Ruddy. Yeah, I just wanted to comment on this because uh, I think out of all of us, like, I think I do the most kind of conferences, but not in the VR scene. So just like yeah. as a general kind of like, it's a part of my my job, I guess, uh, that, that we, we do these kind of things a lot. I'm even in a, an organizing committee for, for one of the neuro conferences that is coming soon. But it, I've never seen a conference that has been done so well in VR as this one, because every single, you know, yeah. because of the, the pandemic, every single conference has been pushing this kind of like VR agenda. Yeah. And every yeah. time that I've tried one, especially like in my field where, you know, you have mainly older people and, and, and young researchers. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, it's, 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 it's a very like different kind of audience that is not game related at all. Uh, but they, they, they are very, very lacking They're even, even like on the screen itself, they have this kind of like background with like, uh, like, you know, those 3d avatars that like walk around, but they, they don't even have like different kind yeah, of avatars. Know, it's like three you, avatars yeah. that need to populate the entire room that are like walking around them, so to speak over your screen in like an endless loop. It is so boring. And one, like there's two things that are very important uh, in a conference besides of the content. And that is one, the location. Yeah, so the location is every year is different, it's unique. And it's a, a kind of like an opportunity to like showcase the location and showcase the kind of stuff that is being done there. So I think that the thing that, that Nathie brought up where they implement that Metro and like that feeling of that you go into Tokyo is really not to be underestimated. And I think that's an awesome feature that they integrated that into this this conference to give you the feeling that you are there because that's what I yeah, what I yeah, what I miss yeah. a lot. And the second yeah. thing of that is community. Like those kind of events, especially in the science world where everybody, you know, works in their own little laboratory for like a year straight and then it goes to like one event a year. Like and, and then finally get to share your research, talk to other people. That is so important that because of the pandemic that has been like severely lacking. And I think that they've not only managed to like, you know, bring people together into in, in, in one single environment is already a huge feature. But like the way they made it look, even though it's not personally like my kind of style or whatever, I think that's just amazing that you get the feeling that this feels like the Tokyo <laughs> Game Show. You know, yeah. they have videos, they have like, you know, all, all kinds of crazy stuff that is going on. And it feels like you're present. The, the latest conference that I went to, which also had a VR, you know, feature, uh, the only VR feature was that I had to upload a presentation on Zoom and you could put a headset on and then watch my presentation on a, a, a big black environment with like a, a screen in the middle. So that was the, the VR component. And they paid a lot of money in order to implement that. And I'm, I'm just like, you know, that that's that's not what mm. this needs to be, yeah. you know. And yeah. no sharing. You could like make like breakout rooms like you can do on Zoom. But there was yeah. there was no yeah. there's there's like a kind of like a social aspect that's important where you just bump mm. into someone who is doing yeah. something similar than you yeah. or or has this interesting topic and you start you know talking about that and that's how collaborations yeah. arise. But, but the this, cool the cool part here looks, is that you can was, you can go in there you can check it out but then you can also buy merchandise from within VR mm -hmm. and then get really? it delivered. Get it shipped to you. Uh, you get it delivered <laughs> to your no, well not it sounds a bit like Ready Player One now but you can. You can kind of do that if you want to. Um, but yeah, I think this is amazing. I think this is, hmm. a, it's a pretty good start. I mean, there are certain things where you're like, why am I watching a flat trailer in VR? I mean, you know, but but overall it did feel fun. They had also great music going on. I got like really like, wow, I'm like, I really felt welcome 
when I joined this yeah. thing. And there were just people standing everywhere just looking at stuff. And uh, and they, yeah, no, I think this was fun. They had some amazing really exhibitors fun. there as well. Like they had Capcom, Sega, Square yeah, Enix, yeah. Konami. Big, big, big they, they titles, even, yeah. even uh, Servios had a, a booth uh, in there as well. Yeah, showing, oh, um, yeah. Uh, was it the, the VR bust? Uh, was it uh, bubble 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 puzzle bubble oh, the bubble bubble that bubble. just released yeah, yeah. recently yeah, yeah. that game yeah, yeah, yeah. um so yeah I, I would love to see this format used you know for like a facebook connect as well like yeah. you know they, yeah. they've got the means to do yeah. it you know and it makes total sense for a, a vr company to push like a vr conference like that in vr um and it, and this just showcases yeah, this, the fact that yeah. it can be done very no, well i totally um, agree so you totally know what we're missing though like this this really strongly reminds me of a digital universe that was created in Janus VR back in the day. Janus VR, wow, that's a blast from rooms, the past. Rooms, portals, yeah, uh, I know content in different rooms that was customized, mm. this interconnecting hub at the center. It's like one of the only social apps. I mean, Altspace even is still surviving to this day, but Janus, Janus fucking fell apart. I don't think you can actually, you know, use it anymore. And and it was a really nifty thing to see even standard like web pages built into like yeah. with, with markup language built into a scene. And you yeah. could visit, for example, we could all go to Reddit together and check out yeah, the virtuality Reddit, you thing. You'll be there with yeah. articles and everything. It was really neat. Yeah. Um, and so if what I'm missing is the middle layer, the middleware between us sitting at our PCs or in our VR headsets, uh, this kind of environment that pops up every so often sometime during the year and how we get there. So we are missing, and I know a lot of companies are chasing it now. I'm so glad it's not just Facebook. Yeah. Uh, build that multiverse, right? And then have something like this be uh, a portal that we can all step to, yeah. can kind of yeah, walk yeah. to together to some extent and then experience and, and, and have those shared memories together. Totally. I do I, I do have to say it was very easy to get into this. Usually I struggle to, you know, sign up this, sign up that. Here was just give your name, done. Although then, of course, you miss that part where it's like, okay, how do I, you know, party up with someone? And that's the thing you're missing. But as I said, this is a very... Very good start. And as Mike said, they are at least trying to make a convention. Like we're still waiting for a connect to happen. I think this one is, we're going to look at our screens again, watching the show. 100%, yeah. Well, you have a quest laying there. You have the hardware, but the hardware shows flat stuff, you know? So yeah, no, this is great. I would definitely check it out. It's totally free. But Oculus did originally tweet out that you could watch Facebook connect in Horizons, but (laughs) they they quickly (laughs) deleted that. So maybe they had that idea, but it just wasn't possible where, where they're at with that. I, I, I think they just didn't even knew that Facebook Horizon wasn't even accessible for yeah. people f- yeah. from Europe and Outside in America was an independent team only. didn't know. Yeah, they didn't um, know. But the only thing <laughs> that I've know. seen that's been a bigger scale than this is kind of like VR Chat's virtual market. I think that's probably the biggest thing yeah. I've seen, yeah. but this is the closest I've seen to something like that in a convention format. Also, E3, they didn't do a VR thing, but E3 did this like they made a game out of it where you would break into that's the right. E3 yeah, convention center yeah. and you, you went a d- to all these places. Thing, right? Yeah, 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 from Devolver. But that was also kind of cool. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, you can definitely do something with conventions. Yeah, Yeah. so go and check out Tokyo Game Show. Uh, The the show actually ends tomorrow, so I'm not sure if this uh, thing is going to be live after that date. So if you want to check it out, uh, obviously do it now before uh, the show ends tomorrow. And I've added the link a couple of times in the chat if you want to check it out. Um, And you're listening to the audio podcast, I'm sorry. Apologies, yeah, apologies. I wish there was a a useful place that we could, like, was it congregate all these? like push? all these links oh. uh, for, for the audio listeners. Yeah, you we'll have, have to you figure have that out. Links. Um, <laughs> but anyway, the final bit of news this week is uh, about HTC, actually, as uh, they've been teasing something new on their Twitter account uh, for the last week. 
they have a, an event planned for the 14th of October with the headline, Go With The Flow, uh, where it seems they're going to be unveiling some new hardware. Uh, you can, uh, here we go again, look, you can attend the event in VR using Engage, or you can watch okay. the live stream on, you know, a mobile device or your PC or whatever. Nice. So at least yeah. they're providing that option. And this is open to everyone, by the yeah. way. Um, at this point, they're being very cryptic as to what this uh, new product uh, will be. Uh, they've been sharing a bunch of images uh, which look like <laughs> a metal cylinder that has kind of a screw cap that can be removed. And this screw cap has like a Vive logo on it. Uh, think about it maybe a little bit fatter than a Pringles tin, uh, but shorter. That's, that's kind of like the way I would describe it from the images <laughs> okay. that I've seen. If you, if oh, you now have, I know. Now if, I know what you're talking you about. Yeah, Pringles, I totally measure Pringles my in the country. Uh, Pringles. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Sorry if know. you don't understand it's, what a Pringle is. Uh, it, looks, it looks like a fat Pringle skin. Yeah. Yeah, or one of those containers that Americans drink coffee out yeah, of. Yeah, like a, like, a, like a thermos. Like a thermos. <laughs> this is the yeah. best explanation ever. Like a, like a super yeah. fancy coffee mug or a thermos. Yeah. But why like yeah. the name like go with the flow then? Like what well, what is that? Do they well, have like a Queen's of the out, soundtrack what? or something? I, I think oh. the general consensus is that this new product is going to be called HTC Flow. Um, and no. although this product looks like a tracked coffee cup, which I would be totally down for. <laughs> yeah, like, I was thinking about it. I was like, because someone made that in SteamVR yeah. where you could drink coffee yeah. out of your cup. Like, yeah. I, I think that is actually useful. Yeah, I would, I would, buy, I would, I would use it. Yeah, yeah, same Something here. Something that same I could track here. a beer or a coffee in VR. With like, a straw, a trackable me. straw yeah. as well, please. Thank you. Track a beer in VR. We, we should, we should kickstart this. You know, we yeah, should make dude. this happen. Oh, oh, but but anyway, I, I don't think it's that, unfortunately. But what I think this is, is the cylinder is more likely to be a case for whatever product they're planning to show. Charging case. Um, yeah. as, Charging case yeah, for something. As in each picture, you know, you don't see the face of the person in the image. So it'll probably be some kind of wearable tech, like I said. Is it like like a, a little bit like Unreal maybe? Like in that kind of... Well, so, so this is where things get interesting because president of HTC in China, Alvin Graylin, said on Twitter, you'll hear about some big news in a small package. So he's kind of hinting at the fact that the, the yeah. form factor is going to be small. And that it's likely going to be stored in this like uh, cylinder, metal cylinder container, and you'll be able to take it with you on the go. It's going to be very uh, kind of small and compact. Um, so yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what this is. When I when I saw this, and I saw the you know the the guy with the famous now popcorn sitting on the chair uh, with the cylinder at you know at his lap and all this, and the lady in the bed bedroom, my my brain immediately snapped to, and I don't think this is it, by the way. Uh, a, a device that was olfactory, that was a smell device. Uh, I thought it would be really <laughs> cool device. if they developed <laughs> a virtual reality device that was passed through regulatory inspection and cleared because we've seen those products fail in the past. Yeah. And I still want it. Having experienced it, obviously starting off in um, <laughs> Nozulus Rift wasn't the best way to start, oh but having experienced that, it does enhance the experience. But, but and, so it's, it's gonna be. You know, I'd, lo I'd love. To, I'd love to have it be like the movie companion no, or something. Of course, no, it's gonna no. be is something gonna, specs or so are, okay. Yeah, so on a series, on a series, not it's gonna have like Beat Saber like smell and no, like different. No, 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 Ray-Ban stories, or maybe it's yeah, going to be a, a small form factor VR headset, or 
uh, or a night light. I, we, 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 we don't know. We don't <laughs> know yet. Um, but it's been a it's been a strange year for HTC. You know, they've had releases oh, yeah. with um, you know the Focus Three and the Vive Pro Two, which didn't really hit home um, for me. Uh, you know, like with the Focus Three was more like business orientated. Yeah. Vive Pro Two felt like a business device, but was being marketed at consumers. So it was a bit yeah, of an unusual strategy for them. So it'll be interesting to, to find see their identity in a way. Yeah, if they can, yeah get something that'll be a bit more interesting for consumers. Well, uh, this this thing, I, I, I am excited for what they're going to announce. The only thing that puts me off a little bit, and they they, they pulled the same trick with uh, the Vive uh, Pro 2. It's like they, they use these like stock images and they Photoshop things yep. next to people. And that just, that, like, and, and for some, some might not even, you know, see this, but I'm like, That's... do you actually have something? Or like, you're not, like, put some time and get a get a photographer yeah. and make some photos you know what i mean and yeah. the, because it, it or or just photoshop it well okay that's also an option they, but they, they, they the did that with ones. the two headsets as well though they they photoshopped them on yeah no they on, did on people. yeah yeah like these business people pointing at like yeah. like you know i i don't want to make a big thing out of this but it's just like you know yeah <laughs> just do just make that you know a little but bit more it, i i feel like, like it is and this might be the asian market but i feel like eastern advertisement this happens more. Um, you get more of the, I'll call it the cheap Photoshop in uh, decent products. Mm -hmm. But definitely in the Western market, when you see this, you go, that's some knockoff ripoff product. Like this is not, it, like yeah. Bluetooth speaker, right? A sensory device. Uh, it's just such a weird shape. And to be honest, it doesn't look like something you could carry around that easily. It's too big. It's this fat little container. Mm -hmm. So what is this going to be it's not a, it's not a bloody eyeglasses what, what case. about like so they showed what was it called again the htc5 proton like prototype thing where these were also like glasses the bug eye in the ones? form of like yeah the I've bug eye one yeah. yeah lads what proton, what if it is what if it is you know like uh chromecast right where you can grab a chromecast key and shove it into a tv what if this is a media entertainment device that yeah. is basically to entertain you from your phone. Well, so you have whatever I mean, you have on your phone. Yeah. You get a, you get a basically a virtual desktop nah. or whatever. Yeah, but we, well, we, we, and you we, have that on the go. We've had pro like products like that for years, though, like cheap little viewers. I, I don't know if they would go but that never cheap. Been good. I don't know. But they've never well, been the, good. When, when, the, last you, time, the last time I was in China, I did see a rise of like three DOF glasses. Like Huawei had one where you mm. can yeah. connect it to your phone and watch movies and stuff. Uh, but you couldn't walk around with it. it. So it... But it for could, travel, like, like Sim could be right. Like, I don't feel like this is going to be a gaming thing. Like, they're, again, going for business. So that's something yeah. that... Yeah. Or it, it's just not a very gaming-looking Pringless, uh, you know, thing. So, <laughs> But the, the marketing uh, images certainly suggest that, you know, you're going to be able to watch a movie with it, with the popcorn. You're going to be able to relax yeah, and yeah, meditate yeah, yeah. with it. But that's with the, the whole yoga point. Pose. That's the point. Uh, someone... Like, you're in a hotel, right? Yeah. You're in a hotel. You brought this little device. The hotel doesn't have a TV. Or even on the train. You can just pop this on. you got this little thing that... Uh, Charges it, keeps it charged. It's just that's like, probably what the, head, the the cup is. You know, the the head the head of it is yeah. probably just a, a you know five thousand milliamp hour battery, a ten thousand mm -hmm. milliamp hour battery that charges it wirelessly via that it would technology honestly, magic. It would also and you be wear it, and it, it's like being in a VR yeah. desktop, and you're watching you know well, Squid we're, Game we're, now we're the on the train. Squid Game with some kind of eyewear. Okay. That basically just gives yeah. you a big display. I, I, I'm also thinking in the direction of glasses. Yeah, because like the, yeah, I, I, it looks like a glasses case a little bit as yeah. well. Yeah, so yeah, I am well, thinking well, that unless unless well. they made a very small VR headset now, but that would be the first then because uh, yeah. yeah, a six dove one. I mean, you know, yeah, I don't know about that, but 
We'll obviously have and little wait. controllers. We'll have to wait and see. I think you're you're probably uh, definitely with the form factor I being glasses he, I and do small. I think he's right. Yeah, because yeah. like certainly when you when you look at the uh, the Facebook uh, Ray Ban stories, you know, uh, case, yeah. they charge the glasses when you dock them into the case as well. So maybe Zim is on oh, the right yeah. track there with this case. I I wonder now now that I have that picture in my head, I'm immediately going, what are they going to look like? Are they going to go boxy like like the Cyber Truck? You know, it's going to be like quite square, chunky, futuristic, or is it going to be smooth and just kind of, again, I, I can't imagine it's going to look too sexy because they've got a, it's got to pack a punch. So we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. So we'll, we'll, I do want one already. It's funny because... Uh, well, we, we spoke about this before, you know, when, when they were at CES, they showed this Vive Cosmos with a phone attached to it. Maybe they just kind of use that mm -hmm. whole thing because as I said, you know, when I tried these glasses, they were also powered by a phone. Or you could power it by a phone if you wanted to. An Android phone, maybe not an iPhone. And what no, was the uh, date well, for this uh, unveiling? Phone. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, we'll find out for sure on the 14th uh, of October, 14th. which I think is in between our next stream. So yeah, we'll obviously let yeah. you know. We'll, Two days after. Yeah, we'll, we'll... we'll keep you updated as to what it actually is. Um, but yeah, if you want to check okay. out the show, they'll likely live stream it. Hopefully they don't have any spinning <laughs> spinning tables this time. Um, but you can also check it out in, in, in Engage. Uh, no, I do want the spinning table because that's the thing Same. we keep talking about. It was the best marketing stunt ever because you still mention it. Yep, exactly. That's the thing you still remember. Exactly. They should do it now. Me, they should you hold it. You know, yeah. like, the thing so is, the only other right? person who I know... What? Yeah. They were like, see, we were right. Yeah. Yeah, everyone still talks about it. Yeah, it was the, it was the, yeah. it was the best thing we ever did. Yeah, this is what I'm saying. Anyway. Well, you see it on the Next Dimension podcast, right? Seb has that little rotating beer thing, and that's super successful. That's all I watch when I watch their show. Just the spinning anyway, beer. That is the <laughs> HTC event, 14th of October. Okay. So put that in your diary if you're interested in that. Um, before I hand the reins over to Zim uh, for some top picks of content coming next week, I want to thank the final sponsor of the show, and uh, that is Walkabout Mini Golf from Mighty Coconut. It's crazy to think that one of our favorite VR games that we've talked about on the show so many times <laughs> now ages. sponsors the show. Uh, that's yeah. uh, that's super awesome. So um, yeah. yeah, if you that's haven't right. played Walkabout Mini Golf yet, you're missing out on not only one of the best golfing games in VR, uh, but you're also missing out on an amazing social VR hangout oh, yeah. experience with your friends and family. Mm -hmm. uh, this game includes eight beautiful golf courses, including the latest course, Kihote Valley, uh, which was just added as a free update. So all this content is free. Uh, it's truly breathtaking. So if you haven't already... Uh, if you already own the game and you haven't already checked this out, you should definitely jump in and check it out. We checked it out last night. We had an amazing time with it. Um, it's absolutely beautiful. Uh, each hole of the course and all the courses have unique hidden collectible balls as well. Uh, so alongside golfing with your friends, you also go on a little Easter egg hunt to find all these hidden balls, which is also great fun. Uh, the whole game as a whole is a great package. You should definitely give it a go and check it out, even if you're not mm. a fan of, of miniature golf. Uh, we had an absolute blast. And... yeah you can go and fly around. Yeah. Which is an Easter egg we found. Best feature ever. So no, good. No, it's not an Easter amazing. egg. It's the best feature. It's just the thing. It makes you like, <laughs> feel like Harry Potter. It makes you feel Potter. like a superhero. Yeah. Basic, yeah, or a superhero. To, to, or, yeah. to explain how you do it, because it's kind of hidden, it's not really explained, is you hold your golf club in the sky, like a power of gray skull, He-Man <laughs> pose, and then yeah, push and then forward you. on the thumbstick. And then you can fly up into the sky. But if you want to make it even more epic and take it to like another level, you go into the settings and you increase the movement speed to five times. And then basically you've got full on Harry Potter <laughs> flying around on a broomstick. It's, yeah, it's amazing. I, I haven't found the ending of the map yet. So you can no. just keep on going. <laughs> no. 
Yeah, so <laughs> it was so fun. Um, oh, Rowdy took off, and he just go, go yeah, on yeah, Zim's stream. It's on, it's yeah, on totally. Zim's channel. Yeah, and you can replay your like. So if you if you uh, you know you're super lucky or just really skilled like I am, yeah. you can just replay your you know move and be like, hey, showing off. Yeah, I I do want to echo something that Mike said about walkabout, and I think it's that walkabout does this like social thing that I think is really important. Uh, and I know Mike was affected by it. I have been, the guys have. Just like, it gives you a place that's really easy to talk to people about and play VR games at the same time. Like just chill out, hang out with fr family, friends, 100%. whatever. It's not difficult to learn. It's just mini golf, right, in the end. And if you are really into mini golf, even at the far end of that spectrum, like there are fox hunts that they added recently, which is like a game in a game for me. It's almost like a room escape series of clues that you have to solve to beat them uh once you've done all the kind of levels collected all the balls there's so many balls now it's crazy um it's such a cool game yeah. it, like they just hit everything right the user interface is light nice this latest map i literally jaw dropped on it because it's just fantastic if you like zelda and stuff like yeah. that that's like really gives you that like ocarina of time feeling of like lightness and levity that's what this new Quixote Valley uh, does. And so don't miss this one. Like the other ones they added were just kind of like content updates, in my opinion. This one's transformational for them. And, I, and I'm really looking yeah. forward to their next It's, it's like using, to this. using more of like the fancy aspect, more imagination, so less standard mini golf, but more like things that would be impossible in real life. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> thank you again point, to uh, uh, Mighty from... Coconut. Uh, for yeah. sponsoring sponsoring the show, uh, check out Walkabout Mini Golf. It's available on Oculus Quest and PC VR headsets via Oculus and Steam. Uh, we've added a link to the Quest version in the description down below. But again, these three sponsors, this show, you know, they're epic. We love their content and we love their products. So super easy for us to endorse them. Uh, so yo, go and show them Absolutely. some love. Uh, and that is it. Now it's time to hand over the reins to Zim for this week's uh, top picks uh -oh. of content coming next week. So this is the stuff that you uh, got to open up your wallets for. Yeah, this, uh, so uh, be this prepared. is what you have been waiting for for six months. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, already, I already, already got most of that out of the way with Squingle. Go, go, go buy Squingle. These are the ones that are coming up. Squingle you can buy now. So um, first thing in the list of uh, games that are coming out that I think you should uh, check out is, uh, is called Song in the Smoke. Uh, this game fills a void, in my opinion, that really... Um, Anyone who's touched like a survival game or survival game genre and wanted that in VR, like this one's taking a punt in that in that level. And it's a pretty nice looking game as well. So let me tell you a little bit about it. Uh, first off, what platforms is it available on? I'm running a PSVR trailer, um, but actually Quest and PCVR launches are happening at the same time. This is going to be a $30 game, about 23 pounds uh, in British pounds, uh, and available on October 7th. So Song in the Smoke is... You start off with a, I'll just read their little soundbite. Um, so a mysterious prehistoric world full of strange beasts where you must craft, forage, hunt, and fight to survive. So this reminds me about a number of other kind of flat survival games. Um, but this is this is just now landing like in October and, and I couldn't be more happy to see it, especially across the three different platforms. We haven't had many releases this year this yeah. way. Um, and, and, and so their story says, Awoken by a three-headed crow at the edge of the woods, players will travel through eight stages, including forests, valleys, and frozen terrain. You'll battle the elements and strange beasts alike, crafting tools, weapons, uh, medicine, and more to stay alive. So this is a true survival game. Mm. In true VR fashion, 
You'll identify threats by sound as well as sight. Uh, intuitive controls mean uh, you can line up the perfect shot with your bow and arrow, or not. Uh, and 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 you might not be the only one stalking prey, so you've got to watch your six. Uh, so I'm Song in the Smoke is one that definitely crept up on me. Uh, I didn't know this was coming, um, and when I learned it was there, I was like, I just did a little like happy dance because uh, survival games we just don't have enough of them, um, and and the mechanics in this kind of look like Township Tale, but with baddies. Mm. So. I'm incented definitely to check this out. Uh, we'll be playing it. Uh, what about you guys? You like survival games? I don't actually know. I don't think we, we haven't really talked about it very much. Yeah, uh, it's one of my favorite genres. Even I, I love playing like, like like um, you remember that space game that I played a lot, Star Shelter. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, Starship Shelter. Yeah, Shelter. Yeah, yeah, and. Stop. Uh, Stop. Yeah. And like I, I like like those like two D kind of like that you know that uh, that Fallout survival game as well where you have like you know your bunker you need to oh, like shelter oh all the people yeah, I yeah, love I that. love that kind of stuff That's like resource so management shelter, and survival yeah. I, I love that kind of stuff yeah yeah I think in, I think in VR sometimes it can get a little bit grating it depends like if you have to oh I gotta craft the rock and then I gotta hit this thing like so if they balance it right it can feel right I think that balance point has been gotten wrong by a few games yeah. so um, looking forward to hear see how it, your thoughts on it maybe uh, if you get to play yeah. it before next week's next next show yeah, yeah. In two yeah. weeks time the show in a fortnight yeah. exactly in two weeks time I think I will because uh, I'm going to be making time for this one I, this one looks special to I, me I think, I think one that does it very well and that still makes it kind of arcadey and not too cumbersome is uh, mm-hmm. Raccoon Lagoon Oh, that see that game is like such a, it's its own little niche. Well, it's got the bizarre little characters, the beach setting, the it's you know, Animal Crossing in VR. That's what it is. Yeah, it's Animal it's, Crossing. It's, in it's, it's weird. Yeah. It's weird. I didn't really play it a lot, but um, it's a good shout because I always love. What, see, the thing is with us, like we've all been in VR too long, so you get these shout outs from like distant past. But like, check them out. Actually, try them because uh, some of the old stuff still works great. Okay, next one. Uh, Rowdy started off by putting someone into Lone Echo, anticipating the release, of course, of Lone Echo 2. So uh, here it comes. We've been waiting, waiting and waiting, and waiting some more. Um, So for those who don't know about Lone Echo, let me tell you what that's all about. You play this character, Jack. You're an android, right? And you're cutting edge. Android? (laughs) You're an android. (laughs) Okay. Like the android that's hunting. (laughs) Hunting Facebook, apparently. So after, in the first game, after this spatial anomaly appears... Uh, out of nowhere, you have to maneuver in zero gravity and investigate what's going on. There's all kinds of interactivity, cutting panels and stuff like that. And honestly, the the connectivity with Olivia Rhodes um, is is really strong. It's one of the most heartening like tales in VR, uh, and it definitely gave a lot of people. I'd say before like Half Life Alex hit the scene, this was like one of the best kind of story games out there. Yeah, uh, and great. The other thing is it was incredibly comfortable. They did some tricks around. I'll call them micro dots uh, being in your vision to help you track and not feel like you were floating in nothingness and actually getting motion sick. And so it's one of the most comfortable experiences, despite the fact that you're floating about the place. Uh, so that's another plus. So Lone Echo 2, Jack and Liv uh, are back in Lone Echo 2 and you get to return to the Rings of Saturn, which was a very impressive part of the first game. Um, and this is, of course, a, a highly anticipated sequel. I mean, we've been waiting for this one for Yes. I feel like three years. I feel like three years. Um, so I'm looking forward to this. We get to learn, we get to delve deeper into the mysteries that caused the anomaly in the first game. Um, we, Several of us have actually played early builds of this, you know, now years ago, like two years ago. Um, and they hinted that there will be uh, a time mechanic as well. 
So you get to venture beyond the boundaries of time itself. Mm. I'm certainly keen on this next episode. I hope they've mixed it up enough and we don't just get kind of a samey feeling, but I feel like they wouldn't have waited this long and given us something samey. But hey, it's PCVR coming to Oculus Rift and Quest via Link. Uh, It's going to be 30 pounds uh, and uh, $40. Um, October twelfth. Yeah. I'm, I'm so excited. I'm I'm so nice. I'm so excited. Like I think what I'm most excited about is the fact that we're getting like a really amazing full fat PC VR experience. Full fat. And I think like you know playing Quest content is great, and I think it's great for what it's done. But it just gets like I'm just oversaturated with Quest content. I'm just so looking forward to enjoying the visual quality of a game like this, and the deep story, and the deep mechanics, and yeah. this relationship story, yeah. with like Olivia Rhodes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I'm. I can't wait. I can't believe it's actually happening next week. That's crazy. It's 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 very good. Like I played about forty minutes of this game. The puzzles were amazing. They were really. I was a bit too dumb for for the puzzles, to be honest with you, or too smart. <laughs> who knows? Uh, and and it was just like great to see like you know Olivia in VR again. And you're like, wow, you know, I'm back still here you know it's just amazing it's like it you get emotional at that point where you're like wow here i am after so many years we're back let's have some fun let's yeah. go on an adventure again you yeah know, that, that's it, and yeah when that's we it. when we did that demo i mean they had tiny spoiler alert they had a new enemy i'll drop my hand when i've finished spoiling um this new enemy called a tick and it was banging on the other side of a glass it was like an advanced form of this biomass you had in the first game it looked horrible yeah yeah wow yeah can't wait that one can't wait all right you're gonna have to get your friend in this one rowdy (laughs) yeah probably probably all right now a game that i have absolutely been ogling since the start of the year lands very shortly want to be indiana jones well eye of the temple is going to give you just that now after feeling after um playing space pirate arena the requirement of a, a two by two meter uh, play space for f- true room scale seems like minute compared to the 10 by 10 you need for Space Pirate Arena. I almost laugh at it now. Uh, but this game, I had the temple, allows you to explore, <laughs> surprise, surprise, a temple. Uh, and you have a fully <laughs> physics animated whip at your side. Uh, the cool thing about this is that you get to step and move in your real space and experience now the full adventure. Many of us tried the earlier Eye of the Temple, uh, which was available uh, as a demo for for several years now. And and actually, I, I think I could be more hyped for this because right as Space Pirate Arena like hit me in the vein and reminded me how much room scale matters, we've got the perfect room scale yeah. game coming. So, um, and it's, it's, it's well-priced. $20 is the price for this. And it's landing on October 14th. It's coming to PC VR on Steam. Um, yeah. Eye of the Temple. What what more is there to say? There's traps. Yeah, well, you dodge stuff. There's moving parts. There's there's uh, uh it's just pretty. It's just pretty it, cool. It, you collect it's gems basically and stuff Indiana in Jones in VR. Like if you've got two by two meter play space, you need to try this game. Like it's so so good. And the way that they've implemented Live, they've also the developer understands like content creator like uh, desires as well and he's done this really super clever thing whereas if if you use live the camera will dynamically move around the scenery so you won't get occluded by the scenery with a camera and it'll always focus on the action at the best possible angle uh yeah it's amazing like I, i played this a long time ago i think it was about a year ago and i did some mixed reality recording with it and it came out so nice um 
yeah, it's a, it's a great game. I can't wait to play more of this as well. Hidden yeah, gem. Playing this, showing it off, it's just going to be fun, yeah. right? Uh, people are going to have fun with this, I think. <laughs> I, someone's going to duct tape an indie hat to their headset, I know. Yeah. It. <laughs> it's definitely coming. <laughs> All right, so those are the three main releases. Song of the Smoke, Lone Echo 2, and Eye of the Temple. I got a couple of quick mentions, just things that are kind of coming out again. Um, so I did want to mention on PSVR, because I don't want to forget my PSVR folks, uh, that Wraith the Oblivion is dropping on October 7th. So if you didn't have a PC, you have that on PSVR. Try that. Uh, also, I want to mention as an update to the PSVR store, we've been away six months, somebody changed something, and now the PSVR EU store, so the European store, uh, has a change that you can actually now, you can filter, it starts on on most sold or whatever, but now you can filter for new new to old and old to new in terms of release time frame. So you can actually see all the stuff that released most recently, including DLC and stuff like that. I find that super helpful in my job, yeah, well, you know, looking at releases. Sure, yeah. But you should find it super helpful as well because you are you want to know what games landed. Anything new? Before you couldn't answer that, and now you can. Yeah. So uh, two little uh, extra bits here that I want to spend a little bit of time on. First is uh, Loco Dojo, uh, which we managed to play uh, just recently as well. Yeah. And... This game, if you haven't, if you if you missed this on PC before, and I think a lot of people will yeah. have, it's a collection of 16 minigames, or what they call trials, uh, with this beautifully voiced Brian Blessed uh, narration yeah. happening, and ridiculous minigames. I mean ridiculous minigames. So this is what Mike was hinting at in the intro. You get to ride pigs, you get to punch eggs, <laughs> and you get to javelin in a giant cactus. And, and there's multiplayer in, and single player in this. It's like Squid Game. Yeah. We, we, laughed, <laughs> we laughed our asses off playing this uh, recently. And yeah, it's basically the best way to describe it is like Mario Party in VR. That's what Loco Dojo yeah. is. Yeah. It's great fun. Yeah. But a very, success, a very successful uh, game. I think you could definitely see playing it as a member of a family, friends, whatever. I mean, I remember we were bombing the heck out of Nathy when he was a little pig <laughs> running around trying to collect you apples and we failed. were just all chucking stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Nathy won, actually. <laughs> Which... Mike was like, you're not going to win this. Is like, And I won. And then yeah. he cried yeah. in his headset. That's true. True story. <sighs> Loco Dojo. Joe, I don't say it right, but Loco Dojo, uh, <laughs> Loco Dojo is coming. He's starting October to speak 7. like, uh, you know. I'm not apologizing myself this time. Okay? I'm, <laughs> yeah. not, I'm not, I promise. All right, last thing I wanted to mention, <laughs> just because I got to see Mike's kind of shuddering face, uh, is is Jurassic World Aftermath. So uh, Mike had fun time um, playing with uh, playing with some raptors uh, recently, and so part two of this Jurassic World uh, game is now out. Mike, how was it? Uh, yeah, it was it was it was good. Uh, I had uh, fun with uh, part two. I, I did enjoy myself with it. They do try and mix up the gameplay a little bit by adding uh, you know encounters with other dinosaurs. Um, standout one being the T Rex. Really cool uh, way they implemented that. Uh, although they do overuse the raptors, which were, uh, you know, a big part of the first part of the game, which I was kind of over, to be honest. Um, I felt like I had seen all that before in the first part, so they do overuse it in the second part. So I would say it does get a bit repetitive. They do try and mix it up, but maybe not as as well as they possibly could. But I would say that if you enjoyed the first DLC and you the, the first part and you want a conclusion to the story then, uh, you know, for 10 quid, it, it's worth checking out because you you do get about three to four hours worth of content with part two. So okay. there you go. And I assume you get to see Mrs. T-Rex again then. Yeah. Up close and personal Good. as well. What about Good. Uh, up and close personal with Jeff Goldblum? Sadly not, although you do get more audio no. <laughs> logs uh, with his uh, beautiful voice. So oh, you yeah, do get okay. that. The, the, the voice Ooh. acting in this game is top notch. Audio is top notch, uh, especially with the, uh, you know, the raptors jumping around. You do get to... <laughs> 
to hear what direction they're coming from. So, you know, you can use that to your advantage when you're hiding from them. Yeah. That's so funny. So that's our... Uh whatever you want to call us, top picks of the week. Um, yep. I, I just want to caution here as we're resetting ourselves and running forward. Um, this section, every week, we will cover a few titles, but it's not always going to be comprehensive. So uh, feel free to chip in and chime in and chat. If you think, you know, we, we haven't highlighted something, but you really loved it, yep. say it in chat. People will still get to see it and play those games. So uh, that was it for... Our segment this week. Thank you very much. Yeah. Wow. Back to Mike. Uh, so D one three sixty VR says, "I'll wait for part three. Uh, just, just to be clear, <laughs> part two is the final part. Just so you know." Um, so to wrap up the show, uh, yeah, I did to sort of predict that it was going to be a longer show than usual, which is right. It was sort of two hours and fifteen minutes. So we'll start wrapping up the show now. But if you want to ask us any questions, now's a great time to uh, chuck us uh, any questions you have for us. Uh, it can be anything, and I'll just kind of do some uh, housekeeping while uh, you ask those questions. So um, I just want to say thanks again to all our viewers and listeners for the ongoing support. And like I said uh, earlier, the messages yes. while we've been away yes. uh, to say that, you know, you're looking forward to us returning. And yeah, you know, I think I can speak on behalf of all the lads to say it's really good to be back uh, on on the show. Yeah. Uh, we're so happy sure. uh, right. to be back. Uh, also, again, let us know what you think of the new format. We'd love any uh, feedback about Please. that. Anything that you Please, think we yeah. can improve. We're open to criticism and feedback as well so you can either dm us uh, tweet us or send us an email uh, contact at freality.tv is our email uh, i just want to say again uh, thanks to our amazing sponsors um walkabout mini golf synth riders and vr cover we couldn't ask for any better sponsors to be honest uh, amazing to have them sponsoring the show for the first four episodes back like i said it's going to be every fortnight at the beginning but yeah. we might ramp it up uh, again in the near future uh, another mm. thing is that if you live in the UK or you're going to be in London next weekend, uh, me and Zim are going to be at the Eurogamer Expo, so EGX at Ooh. London's XL. Um, I think Zim's going to be there Thursday. I'm going to be there Friday, Saturday. So yeah, I'm I'm down in London Thursday to Monday. So if anyone's really interested in meeting up, I'm around, right. you know. Um, but it, the show, I'm I'm planning to go Saturday. They gave me a creator thing, so I can go any day. So it depends on if I'm bored and I want to pop into EGX, yeah. you know. I love I love EGX. I'm kind of interested in in what this re EGX rebound looks like. Um, I'm not expecting loads of VR no, or anything. This is primarily a a, ret yeah. a return to interpersonal relationships for yeah, me. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. the thing is meeting other creators, meeting community people yep. is what I'm all about. Like this is what it's about. And if you happen to be there, um, I, I am rocking some Zimcoin. Ooh. So uh, grab one of these. This is my business card. So it's worth more you know, I'll, than I'll a Dogecoin. I'll carry as much as I can. So, and yeah. it's, it's worth more than a Dogecoin. <laughs> a Zimcoin is worth, worth more than, than a Dogecoin. Dogecoin. Yeah. So uh, uh, also you can find uh, the, you know, the stand of Mike where he sells his pillows. <laughs> oh at, my God. Uh, <laughs> you know, floor, floor B. Yeah. And then in the right corner next to the toilets, that's where Mike is. Yeah, exactly. His, uh, pillows. <laughs> but there's going to be some other VR creators there to give him a shout out. You've got uh, Dr. Oculus, uh, Buck, yeah. uh, Gamertag VR, uh, Steve Knows, I think might even be there, Bearded Benjo. There's going to be wow. a bunch of us so if you see us about at egx don't be afraid come and say hello we'd love to uh, meet you sounds sounds like the entire vr industry is from the uk yeah i think we've, we've missed <laughs> events so much we're all just like only the best can't wait to hug only each the other best ones. like each other's faces um so yeah just a reminder that the show is live streamed every other saturday on youtube and twitch the show goes live at 7 p.m in europe 6 p.m in the uk 10 a.m in pacific u.s time also don't forget to check out the audio version if you want to listen to it on your commute on the train while you're out and about mm. on itunes soundcloud and on spotify and if you've enjoyed this live stream our first one back of course hit the like button and subscribe to the channel right. so you don't miss Thank our you. future shows um 
Um, so let's see if anyone's got any questions um, that they had in. Yeah, the I chat. saw I saw a question popping up uh, from uh, Lamar Farman. It's more mm -hmm. like a like a, a request for recommendation. Uh, should I buy a Quest Two or wait? I currently have a Rift S. I, I think you would need to wait. Like you know, we're not that far away from from Facebook Connect. If you've waited this long, another month isn't going to hurt you. <laughs> No, um, yeah, although, yeah. you know, we'll talk about this more on, on the next show in a couple of weeks, but although my internal gut feeling is that it's going to be a business focused headset, um, and, and the quest two will still be the main headset going forward for consumers. Um, yeah. I, I do think you should just wait just in case. Yeah. 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 Just wait. The, just wait. And, and there is something that, um, we may have observed communally here, but since the beginning of time, Oculus-wise, they've been on a two-year cadence for headset releases. So given we got Quest 2 last year, chances of us getting the next jump yeah. are unlikely. Well, and, I, mean, well, I mean, announcing something is always possible, you know? Announcement. A reveal yeah, is yeah, always well, possible. Well, yeah, exactly, news. That's but I mean, a purchasable than, headset, yeah, no, 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 you no, know, no. available for no, us for no, Christmas. No. At least you'll know um, your options um, from yeah, Facebook yeah, Connect, yeah. I would say. But yeah, like... And then you can make an informed yeah, decision, yeah. right? Just, just wait. I know it's wait hard to wait, but just wait. Yeah. Um, <laughs> any other questions? Uh, we had Stefan Anderson asking, have you played Hubris? No. Uh, no, no I've seen the trailer though. It looks game? it looks very cool. There's there's a good uh, there's a good question here. We can both answer it, Mike. How uh, VR Bug asks, how much uh, did it cost to hire the giant sports hall in your video for DX, Mike? Ah. <laughs> that was a nice looking place. That looked proper posh. It was like Richmond or something. Yeah, so I'm a I'm a member of that gym. Um and uh mm. it was off peak. So it was a Sunday evening and they just let me use it for free. So I was lucky because yeah. I, I bargained with them. So I you know I pay you to be there anyway as a member, and um, and they're like, they're, we're not using yeah, it. Yeah, no yeah. one's using it, so yeah, go ahead, knock yourself out. That's nice. Well, I so I I did pay uh, in my area in Scotland, you know, middle of nowhere Scotland. Um, it was uh, for an hour and a half. It was thirty. Uh, it was like thirty eight, thirty eight pounds, I think. So the price of a kind of proper game, but to be honest, uh, if you're playing with like four or five of you there. And you have like a mini, mini tournament. It's really good. I actually had thought that I'd be running a spa tournament out of a London gym. Um, I've since decided that carrying two quests uh, along with the three kids and everything else we need to hike down there by foot is just not going to happen. Yeah. So maybe in a future event, we'll we'll run a tournament. Yeah. yeah. I, love I, in the I have chat. a question. Wow. Go on. I, I have a question. And it's kind of like uh, what comes from the chat. It's like, what Valve reveals are you expecting during Facebook Connect? <laughs> Well, they, 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 they did do it historically. I remember us vividly all being at PAX in Boston, and yeah, we you know, were in the Oculus car to a party. Oculus, we That's were heading to a party, and Oculus, a Facebook party actually. Yeah, and, 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 and <laughs> Oculus were showing off the Rift S and the Quest at the time, and and Valve came in and completely trolled them with the index reveal. Yeah, with the IPD, yeah, they showed the like, a, like, a, yeah. like the IPD slider. So it, and we were like, IPD slide. That's enough. That's what we need. So they've done it before. Will they do it again? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hope they so. Could. It spices things up. It's fun. Yeah, oh, yeah, I yeah, love I them being cheeky. Yeah. It's so fun. Yeah. It's so fun. Keep yeah. doing it, Valve, please. So, yeah, thank you very much for all the love and support. And, yeah, a lot of comments saying that they enjoy the new format. So thank you for that. And, uh, yeah, Ooh. we'll be back in a couple of weeks with more VR news. But until then, have a great couple of weeks in VR. Take care of yourselves. And bye-bye for now.